We're in this bitch, the CA Podcast Cap, episode 47, per usual. Sound is your host every week here from Providence, Rhode Island. You already know 401 to the world. And we have the Chubb Corner down one. Marloon holding it down right now. Chubb. Per usual, you know what I'm saying? So okay, um, so <laughs> we got a, so uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's calling a sick day, Erlen. He'll probably pop in and out. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. We'll Listen, see. Just know that this is the best part of the Chubb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He might be listening to a Drake album right now. Uh, We're not gonna man, say why. Uh, doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Doing it. <laughs> you know, shout out to um, you know everybody listening. Our fucking fans. We love you guys. Our family, the subscribers, people that comment and like every video. You're appreciated every week tuning in. This is episode 47. Like we said, nearing the 50th episode and nearing the 52 one Damn. year anniversary almost. Damn. You know it's crazy. Um, but yeah, let's get right to it, man. Uh. From the beginning, we'll start off, we're going to do a special interview today with a special guest, Providence, Rhode Island, you know, legendary person, very, very, you know, synonymous with the city and hip-hop. D. Gomes will do that later on, but in the beginning, we're going to, you know, chop up right now, talking about the culture and the stuff that's been happening around us, and in hip-hop in general, and music in general as well. So, over the weekend, we had Daytrill, big event. The interviews are coming. I did a bunch of interviews out there. Shout out to Peter. PVD Kato with a K, K A T O on Instagram. Um, my cousin in law, basically, that's my family right there, holding it down with the camera and also Edwin. You know, Edwin did the best he could. He came <laughs> in and saved the day at the end, but he had to leave, change outfits. He had like anxiety because he thought he didn't dress up for the part. Are you it was, bro, he left. He took a, it was crazy, You're man. Lying. Ed, bro, Edwin will probably, never probably not be a, Edwin. Uh, Probably got a, a fade and a line of uh, why he was at it too. Even man. though he got it like two days before. The you gotta <laughs> love him, man. He always be Edwin. It's, it's he he's Edwin. But the footage I think is gonna be dope. I gotta chop it up, review everything, and plan out the rollout for that. I'll probably do a sneak preview of everything this week. Probably like a quick compilation. But it was crazy. I had, bro. I had girls coming up showing me porn on their phone. Like their porn? No, like uh-huh. other. No, no. That would be wild. What the fuck were they showing you? Just random porn. Just random porn, talking about sexual shit. Um, we caught Deja people. was there. Yeah, Deja was helping <laughs> filming as well. Shout out to my <laughs> girlfriend. She was helping filming as well. Yo, um, Deja didn't swing yo. She was ready at one of them because one of them was kind of trying to grab me. You know, people got drunk fast. It was day mm. trail, you know. But I, I can't wait for that footage that to come out. That footage is crazy. Bro, that footage is insane. I thought it was like free footage they were giving you. Yeah, you know, it's different. You know I don't know, bro. They, they were looking Only up fans. like saved, old, like favorite porn star videos and shit. Oh, it was fuck. crazy. What the fuck were you asking them? Listen. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it for we'll the We'll leave video. it for the video when yeah, people watch yeah, it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, over the weekend, we were supposed to meet up with Bad Bunny uh, or his team again. Didn't fall through. We, oh, yeah, <laughs> we drove for New York for nothing. But with context, is like... They did say, like, 5 to 7 p.m., ideally. We got there too late. We got there, like, 7.30, 7.40. Mm. Doors open at 7. It was mayhem. Mm. So for them to contact us, communicate with us, it was a mess. Quite difficult, yeah. Yeah, the team hit me up today apologizing, like, oh, any other city, we got you guys. But it's like, no, it's fine. We saw him in Boston. That's it. I'm not flying out anywhere else. To yeah, yeah. We can't also force it, like, okay, it'll happen when it happens. Oh, 100%. You know, that's a big... August 18, Bad Bunny Day... Boston. Oh, every you year, know what right? I'm every year, so yeah, but but we saw the commotion from outside. We were there. Why I was there? We did like a vlog. It might be deleted footage because I'm not sure if we can use the footage because it was like, it was like sad. Like we didn't even meet. We were like happy to go, and then we get there, nothing happens. But I probably do put it on Patreon or something that footage because mm. it was like what the fuck. 
Um, shout, shout out to everybody on Patreon as well. Club Ambition Patreon. Go check it out. Um, but aside from that, man, it was crazy seeing the fans, Pandemonium, Bad Bunny fans going wild. Per usual. You saw how it was in Boston. Obviously, Marlon, because we were there. <laughs> but Fen, uh, Fenway was probably a fifth of what happened in Yankee really? Stadium in the Bronx. Wow. Bro, it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. And when we, when we were outside... Because my boy, shout out to um, Zeus, Jesus, Jesus, he was trying to help us out. You met him. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was yeah, trying yeah, to help yeah, us yeah. out. Best of his ability, running shout in and out. Shout out to my out. boy. Shout out to my boy. You know, he, was, he, was, he felt bad. He was felt horrible. He kept running in and out. But then he placed us in a position where all the celebrities were walking in. So we saw Chencho, Alcanghel, Carmelo Anthony walking in and out the building. Like, we were right mm. next to it on gate two or on gate two. It was crazy. I was like, what right, the fuck? Because they had him, like, like perform, like, via... Via yeah. satellite or whatever too for the VMAs and all that shit, right? Yeah, and, l- and let's get right into that. So Bad Bunny, the number one topic over the weekend has been him when it comes to the idea of his VMA performance. It wasn't any typical VMA performance. It was a VMA performance that was, I think, kind of pre-recorded but kind of live, so probably like a five-minute delay or something mm, I heard. Yeah. Because I was the team, that's what they told me. And it was Titi Te Pregunto. So mm. he performed it from the concert. Because it was and, nominated. Because it was nominated. So he yeah. performed that specific song in the concert, and the VMAs streamed that, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, as if he was like, you know, it was dope. But then during that performance, aside from also winning Artist of the Year, shout out to that, they aired that, and that happened in that oh, stage. Artist of the Year? Yeah, that's why Carmelo well Anthony came well and gave him the, the award. He is Artist of the Year. Yeah, he won that award. You know, it was a very dope moment. So MTV showed that. So that's why it was so much commotion. They were so busy, because yeah. the Saturday show was... New York regular, but Sunday was New York Saturday plus was VMAs. Crazy too. He brought out Romeo. Romeo and he, Romeo went out yesterday too. For real, Romeo, bro. We didn't see him coming in and out. He probably was ducking, mm. but it was commotion yesterday. It was wow. wild. Arcángel was mad short, but um, <laughs> he just had to throw that in there. <laughs> Bad Bunny has dancers. We met the dancers. Yes, they're not all females. Some of them are gay males, openly yes. gay males. Mm-hmm. He kissed one of them during his performance wow. of the VMAs yesterday. During that, Titi me preguntó. He kissed a female dancer. I have the photo right here. And then he kissed the male dancer. You know, I believe this was the one that we met, Marlon. That I think I sent you a video of him getting his hair done. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had an orange hairstyle. He always gets his hair done all the time. He was mad cool. He was mad cool, mad nice, a good-ass dancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he grabbed Bad Bunny and kissed him. Now, it looks obviously, it, it looks planned to me, this kiss, when you look at it. Um, was it while the performance or was as he's getting the... So it was while the, during the performance okay, of the song. so yeah, it's part of the performance. Yeah, during the performance of the song. And he kissed the female, then he kissed this guy, right? This man's different, bro. And my thing was this. So the, we saw the concert. Yes. During the song, he doesn't do this. They he didn't, didn't do that, that at any one of his shows. So it's not a part of the, every concert performance. So people are now saying is this queer baiting because he did it specifically during the vmas and for the vmas queer baiting is a new statement new term i learned where people use fake gay mannerisms being fake lesbian Mm -hmm. jokes Mm -hmm. to market whatever they're selling their product their personality their albums meg the stanley has done it in a recent interview with um young miami their legend harry styles has done it recently this year Mm -hmm. with this new album quote unquote king of pop he's not the king of pop but shout out to harry i like harry and now they're saying that bad bunny's doing this now my thing is this if he's not gay or not into men at all Mm -hmm. then yes right and at the same time he could yeah queer baiting maybe that's what he wants to do or is he gay he could be gay we don't know we won't know until he speaks on it but we see him kissing random girls what was in the club 
Yeah. Oh, or was it a strip she, club? She kissed. She kissed yeah, him. Yeah, and then, yeah, and so he grabbed she, her, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it's queer you, baiting. You, you think he would do that, though? Because Bad Bunny doesn't need clout. He's Bad Bunny. So why would he do something fake to, like, a grabber? Not, not only that. This is my thing, too. He's already done stuff that's out of the norm, especially when it comes to this industry. The, Span- the Spanish, Hispanic, Latino industry, music-wise, that... I'm pretty sure everyone knows about the Arcalje interview, and he's talking about all that shit that he's beating machismo and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's wearing skirts, dresses, paints mm-hmm. his nails, this, this, and that. So it's like he's always showed, like, quote-unquote feminine side because that's what it's labeled that as, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, we're not going to know until he speaks on it. So will he speak on it? I don't know. That's true. Yeah. Does he really need to? Does he need to? Does he need to come out as gay for us to be satisfied or for you to be satisfied? Is it none of our business? Is it any of our business? It's, I don't think, you know, it's not really his sexual preference. But if it were to be fake queer baiting just for attention, I do think, okay, this is, like, weird. But, again, we do not know the answer to Bad Bunny's sexuality. It's up for discussion, though. People are going crazy. The Spanish radio, Spanish news stories oh, are going crazy, God, running it up. I knew he was gay, they're saying. I knew he oh, was gay. I can hear, I oh, my God. It. Hey. I can hear it. If he is, then let him tell it. You know, let's wait for him to tell it. But he did kiss a man. <laughs> he kissed him. It's a smooch. It's, a real, it's not accidental. He grabbed his neck. It's mm. a real deal kiss, right? Mm. He wasn't acting because people in acting movies, they do that. They, they'll act gay. In a movie where they're straight. We'll have to slide this picture through YI and let us know if it's. Yeah, why I might know. Do you see the motion? Is his face? Is this like a script? You think was this what like? You think YI? He'll break it down for us. Yeah, yeah you know. But you guys share your opinion. Any. You know, <laughs> you guys share your opinion. Is Bad Bunny gay? Do you give a fuck? Do you Where's care? Where's Gabriela? Where's Gabriela? Is Gabriela heated? Or are they having three ways with Gabriela? Two men Charlie. and her again. Hey. Respect to him and his team. It's none of our business. Yeah, nah. We love you, Bad Bunny. Regardless Te amamos. Whatever, yeah. whatever the fuck you do. Ah, yeah, bro. But moving on, also we have a topic today that has gone viral. Joe Budden versus Adam22. So they had Adam22 on their podcast, and they, the Joe Budden Network and podcast, are basically, for lack of better terms, attacking, you know, Adam22 for his content decisions and the stuff that he's done with his channel. But not all of it. Because that's my thing. I, I think Joe, I love Joe Budden, one of my favorite creatives. But I think that this right here, I get what he was trying to do, but I disagree with him. And this is the clip that I made. Is it because he died? We just cut some clips from the interview. Yo, and we, we uploaded. Fucking weeks, that's the Adam. Si- it's the same as us playing his record on the radio. No, it's it not. Is not. That's what it is. Hold up. Kevin Samuels is. So they're talking about Kevin Samuels when he died and the clips that No Jumper posted. Kevin Samuels' thing was his personality. The interview itself was up. We cut, like, I don't know however many, maybe five, five to ten five. minutes. It's more, it's more than five clips. Up. We haven't done that. We how many clips did you That's clip? That's different. I, I have absolutely no revelation. Well, it's your company. No. You, you like to fall back on that line. Three, four, five. How many? Not three or four. Find a way to get a definite number. It wasn't three, search Kevin and it Samuels wasn't four. No jumper. Let's see what what. I didn't know that it wasn't three, and so it wasn't defense. four. I don't need to search shit. It's it wasn't little, three or four. It's a little dis- distasteful what? to me, but it's not nasty. Or no, no, no. It's answer to me, that's disgusting. Dude, FBG Cash, and this was a clip from the interview. FB, FBG Cash claims Lil Durk told him to take a photo at King Von's mural. Rest in peace, King Von. Rest in peace, Rest FBG, FBG Cash. Cash. Yeah. 
Oh no, this is like a this Joe's is, this heated. Is this phrase is hilarious. I love that. That's Joe. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's an example. He's saying that this is an example of like. I'll break it down right now. I mean, that's not at all. It's an important thing to talk about. But this is a microcosm of this business and what goes on and how some people look at black artists. Black lives, like, come on, Adam, let you got explain. a bigger responsibility than this, this. as a multi-millionaire from bomb. fucking hip hop. Truth bomb. So that's the shit. Where it's like, he thinks that what he's doing is clickbaiting and monetizing off of black death as a white person. Oh, I see. So okay. the Kevin Samuels is one example because when Kevin Samuels died, they put highlights from the interview that they did on No Jumper with Kevin Samuels. They put it up the same day he died. On no jumper clips, like as, as clips, as of like a RIP type shit. In a sense, where it's like they knew that that day people were gonna look up Kevin Samuel, so right. they're like, let's put up some clips from the interview because mm. we discussed with him his his topics and this and that, his opinion about this, his opinion about that, right? Gotcha. And Joe didn't like that. He's always talked about this during the podcast. I listen to podcasts every fucking week, every episode I've listened to it. I've given him hours, hours of my listening time. I do shit throughout the day while listening to Joe Budden podcast. And he's talked about that where he doesn't like that. But he is friends with Adam. He still appreciates him. Same with academics. He's mutual friends and shit. But he still has his stance. I disagree with the stance because ESPN does this. When athletes die, they run documentaries. They run a bunch of fucking commercials during segments when people are mourning loss. I don't think it's in a malicious intent. It's just... Business. He did the interview with him. Mm-hmm. People are gonna look up the interview, mm-hmm. and at the same time, people are gonna make clips of Kevin Samuel's interview with yes. Adam. Why shouldn't Adam be the one that posts the clips? And at the same time, it's not everything that Adam does. Now, if you look at the No Jumper channel, has grown into a network of other podcasts, and the majority of the people on the network are black. It's all black people. Adam's the only one that's the white person of the entire like podcast cast that he has now. It's just that Adam's the one that does the interviews. So that's what people kind of know him, know because the interviews are the ones that kind of get more viral. But the podcast that he has, the No Jumper podcast, Monday show, um, there's another one where they listen to new music all the time, live. They have a bunch of different things that get hundreds of thousands of views. They've mm-hmm. been very successful, especially within this last year. Yeah. That I think if you break it down and you look more into the No Jumper brand, I don't think it's as distasteful as it could have been in the past. At the same time, we have to give credit where it's due. Bro, he was with X, Juice World, all these people before anyone gave a fuck he, about yeah, them. Yeah, he was really putting them on type shit. So we have to just give credit where it's due. Hopefully, we're eventually, I'm friends with Chris Long. Shout out to Chris Long, who started No Jumper with him. Mm-hmm. He was Juice World's main photographer. We met him in L.A. and Miami and shit with uh, Trippy Red. He's a part of Trippy's crew sometimes. Chris Long said so he's down to talk. So I'm going to get Chris Long in here oh, for, hi, yeah. uh, for his interview soon to talk about his creation of No Jumper with Adam. You know, maybe he has a different perspective or a better perspective than us. But I don't think that it's like that, man. And I felt bad because they were, like, coming for Adam. But he did, he doesn't mind. Like, he was taking it because he was... It's da- not the first time. It's not the first time, like, he's been in, judged yeah, yeah, yeah. and come at him because yeah, of it. And FBG Cash, that situation of people, again, he... Joe Budden didn't like him, like, making that the title of the clip. But that's what they, he he talked about it. And at the same time, these artists rap about this shit. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to talk about it, don't rap about this shit. Don't mm-hmm. rap about... Ops, if you don't want to interview you, an interviewer to ask you about ops. Mm-hmm. And especially, not a couple times, a bunch of times, if you're always rapping about your ops, you're mm-hmm. going to be asked about your ops. Mm-hmm. Or quote-unquote ops, al- al- alleged ops. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't want to talk about it, you don't want to talk about it. Don't talk about it. Same with Vlad. People come at Vlad. Oh, my God, Vlad's a, a cop, a fed. <laughs> He's a knock. You guys are 
answering his questions. Just say no. Yeah. Like Tony Yayo, he went viral because he said, because they were talking about the stabbing of the G-Unit, uh, Murder Inc. stabbing, and he was like, don't talk about that shit, Vlad. Shut the fuck up about that shit, Vlad. <laughs> and it went viral, but it's like, that's how you should respond. Yeah, if you don't want to talk about it, you're going to yeah. talk about it. don't talk about it. Yeah. So, but I get with Joe's, like, where he's coming from. He's just caring about the culture. He cares about the culture so much that anything that's kind of like, Potentially malicious or questionable, he wants to come at, especially when it's a white man. Kind of wants to be like the grandpa. He wants to be like a kind of like a gatekeeper. But I think he acknowledged where like he knows that Adam is one of the gatekeepers as well. So he wants to maybe have some quality control with that. But I would say you lost this battle right there, in my opinion. When you look at the facts, it's like because it's like at at the end of the day, as as fucked up as it may seem, is like. Someone passes away, whatever. A lot of people are gonna talk about them and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And they're they might be doing it with good intent, but at the end of the day, there's always gonna be someone that's like, oh, they're profiting off of it, this, this, and that. That might not be the full whole intention, but if it's happening and it is happening, I, I'm sorry, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Now, if they don't want to get heat for that, don't monetize the video. Exactly. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, but maybe if you do monetize the video, maybe you're gonna give it to the, you know who knows. A lot of shit happens behind doors, uh, behind curtains, whatever the fuck happens. Yeah, he, he said that, and Adam's excuse for the monetization was just saying like he monetizes it because if you don't monetize the video, it doesn't get traction on YouTube because YouTube wants videos that they can get money from. Oh yeah, so run ads, ads and shit like that. Yeah, and that's true sense. as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we know. You how know, that works. but at the same time, yeah. I guess yeah, maybe. But it's like. Someone's gonna do it. If Adam doesn't do it for his own fucking footage, his own content, create clips for it, someone's gonna monetize it and make money off. Yeah. So he might as well do it. You can't look at him as a person. You have to look at him as a brand, as a network, as a potential channel of television, as a hip hop ESPN, one of the ESPNs or something like that. F- Let's say he's FS FS1 Fox Sports and Joe Budden is ESPN. Like you have to look at it like that and realize, you know, people are gonna always, you know care about that if someone dies they're gonna search that up i don't think is uh, he, he was kind of trying to fish and to get something out of it that i don't think he he really got at the end of the day is adam's platform i'm sorry you mm-hmm. know he could do what he wants it's like if adam went on joe button's platforms like yeah yeah you know what you should do this 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 and that blah mm-hmm. blah blah you know what i'm saying like or, or someone coming to our shit and telling us how to do certain stuff and we're like yeah okay thank you but like if I want to do it this way, I'm going to do it this way. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You can't run someone else's show. Yeah, so fuck out of here. That's our opinion. So share yours when it comes to Joe Budden versus Adam 22. I get it, but... Big yeah. war happening online. At the end of the day, RIP. But when it comes to also wars, we have KSI after defeating two boxers back-to-back, Swarms, and a professional boxer. Now, yes, he's a professional boxer, but the professional boxer had like a 2-5 and five record. He sucked. But he was a professional boxer. A professional boxer. Professional boxer by default. Yeah. Legally. Um, Even though he looks like a, one of my cousins from that just yo, got out of high school. Man. Professional I thought boxer. it was a weight difference, but it wasn't. Like, I thought he was way skinny, way, way lighter than KSI, but he was. I was like, what the fuck? The body is be, be, really? be deceiving. Yeah. Wow. It was the same weight class and everything. But KSI beat two people back to back. So he was on a high horse, and he had a post-conference interview in stage, on stage, in the ring. And he called out a specific person that he has a beef with, Andrew Tate. This is what he tweeted about Andrew Tate. Thank God Andrew Tate got banned. This was Andrew Tate's response 
after who's a threat to women and this is the thing this is the thing this is a personal message to you ksi i had no problem with you i don't fucking know you i don't watch your bullshit youtube channel damn but when i get banned you want to go from a fan to just fucking instantly cowering out to the matrix that makes you a hypocrite there's nothing more disgusting in the world <laughs> with a male hypocrite going in a hypocrite as disgusting as are you you don't even stick by your guns I you don't even no no he doesn't even stick by his fucking guns he doesn't even say you know what that andrew was all right he said some funny things he shouldn't got banned at least Jake Paul was man enough to say stand up for fucking free speech. If you ever fought Jake, he would smash your fucking face. He'd in. fucking smoke you. And if you want to get smoked, <laughs> that's, that's um, that's Andrew's brother. That's talking. The one that's I'll yeah. fucking smoke you Why myself. Are you, so you are full of shit. You're a fucking hypocrite. The shit you've said in the past is worse than anything I've ever fucking said. And this was KSI now. Andrew Tate. I want a piece of that. Now is KSI on Dang. some Bad Bunny shit, and he wants some, K, uh, some Andrew Tate ass. KSI got he said a he wants a piece forehead, of that, bro. He got a big forehead. Holy fuck! Because <laughs> no the only braids. Wearing that bandana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to KSI, but I think it's probably the braids also. When you got the no, braids pulling your fucking God. shit back. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Marlon got from that. God bless him. <laughs> nah, but, I fuck with KSI. I fuck. One hundred percent. But when it comes to <laughs> KSI and Andrew Tate, he called him out. He wants a piece of that. You know, does he want a piece of that ass? Obviously, he wants to fight him, right? I think that would be a big, huge fight. And I think Andrew Tate should get in a ring with someone because he was a former fighter. Now, this is before his fame that he has now. So that shit doesn't really matter to a lot of people. But now, if he were to do a fight, people would care because people want to see him beat it up. I feel like he should do it. Yeah, people want, I think Logan wants to beat him up. Because if you're talking with this aggressiveness and this, this, and that, calling it, you're a piece of shit. It's like a threat, hypocrite, or this and that. Go in the ring, my brother. Yeah. Go in the ring. Let's do it. You know? I think that'll be dope. And KSI, like he did, he like I said, he beat two people back to back. He's on a high horse. I would be too because that's that, crazy. That first dude was a little, you know, but swarms sucked. But yeah. the professional boxer gave him a good fight, hey, but then listen, yeah. he lost. Um, th- th- his brother beat. Uh, oh yeah, D- Deji versus Fuzi. That was yeah. crazy. Fuzi man, Fuzi a YouTube legend. I used to watch Fuzi too all the fucking yeah, time. Yeah, man, that man. Um, it's the journey that man we see it before wow. our eyes. All these people, how they He's rise, the definition fall. Definition of a roller coaster. Yeah, rise, fall, but it's like man, they still did what they did. So shout out to them, man. Now, yeah, KSI versus Andrew Tate. Is it happening? Who do you guys have your money on? If there was to be a bet tomorrow, or you're placing your money on Andrew Tate? Remember, he has a background in MMA. I think he he was successful in it for a decent amount of years. KSI seems to be a great boxer. Now, obviously, I'm assuming they're going to be boxing. Andrew Tate's never really boxed. I don't think so. If they both train and get ready for it, first of all, it's going to be a moneymaker. By the same time, if people are trying to cancel Andrew Tate, do you want to put money in Andrew Tate's pockets? Because he's going to have to pay him. I'm pretty sure. He has to pay Andrew Tate. Like It's got to be for money. Now, that's another thing. Do we want to give Andrew Tate that platform? It's a fight. Or do they want to do they want to just not do it on the They're zone? They're not gonna get rid of Fight Andrew Tate. Let's keep it a buck. Yeah, Andrew They're Tate's gonna stay around. Not getting rid of Andrew Tate. Somehow not. he's gonna stay around. Because look not. at this. This is already rival, and this is already yeah, about him. He's back yeah. around again. It's just like he was saying. He's like, yo, like y'all thought y'all canceled me, but I have soldiers. Yeah, hundred percent. He, if you cancel his stuff, he's probably gonna be showing up on other people's stuff because there's still people that stay with him for certain things. Hundred percent. At the end of the day, I feel like. They should definitely fucking fight it out if they want to. Um, he's over here talking about, like, Jay Poe will beat his ass, this, this, and that. We have to see that as well. I feel like you're only saying that because Jake Poe said freedom of speech, but if he would have said the opposite thing, you would have told him to eat shit too. 
So I don't know about you, Andrew Tate. Uh, come at me if you want. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I have the same attitude you have, so you can suck my dick too. Um, <laughs> we, we both were sucking yeah, each other's dicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Bad Bunny. Nah, nah, nah. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. Oh um, man. Nah, nah, nah. But it's like, for, like for real though. For real. Like it's like y'all talking your shit. And y'all have backgrounds and shit, so go fight it out. You know what I'm saying? On some professional shit, go do it. And and then after that, talk your shit. Who you got winning? Ah, that's tough, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough, bro. It's like, I don't watch Andrew Tate. Or I don't... He looks athletic. Yeah, he does. He walks a little funny. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, case, case I've... Headbutts his shit. I don't know. I know they're going through boxing, so it's none of that. But if it would have been MMA... Yeah. KSI brings that four in <clears throat> right there. I, I think know. I, got, I would. I would say KSI probably would. Win. I would want to go with KSI, hundred percent. But this motherfucker has fighting background, Man. regardless of it being MMA. That could be like you a, still got hands. Yeah, that could be like a twenty million dollar fight type. You know shit. what I'm saying? Who knows? That you could still be got expensive. hands. You still got reflexes. Yeah, like, you just can't use your feet. <laughs> oh man, we shall see. KSI. Versus Andrew Tate. Is it happening? Is it not? I think it's going to be a very interesting topic to discuss. Everyone's let's talking it, about let's it. Let's host that shit. Let's host it. You know, let's have them both <laughs> in here to promote it. But yeah. there we have it. Topics for the week. But here is the interview. Long-awaited Rhode Island artist, D. Gomes. We are here. The CA Podcast, episode 47. And this week, we have a special, special, special guest. I go by sound. I'm the host of the Club Ambition channel where we do this, you know, weekly podcast. Shout out to Marlon producing in here. My best friend, my boy, producing this week, the Chub Corner. We're down yeah, one producer. Half a Chub, half a Chub. Half a Chub today. I don't know where he's coming, yeah. if he's coming or not. Erlen, I don't know what's happening. It's all good. But when it comes to, you know, what I do and where I represent, the brand, everybody knows we're from Providence, Rhode Island. Smallest thing in the country, but I always say some of the biggest and strongest creative minds to ever exist in culture and the man sitting to the right of me is someone that I definitely had to get on the podcast literally from the day I started coming up with the concept of doing a podcast. I was like, he's definitely going to be one of the guests. The stars just have to align with the timing of it. And he's someone that has been very impactful, whether you've seen him locally, you know, kids literally running in the streets for him. He goes to schools and they cause pandemonium. He's been an inspiration to a lot of people who, and we kind of talked about it a bit off camera, we'll touch base a bit, especially during the interview about it, where people want to do similar things to him. They want to rap, they want to do this, but they might think, oh, I can't make it next to a major mainstream artist like Apollo G, a little TJ, etc. That's not possible. But then you see this man to the right of me do it, and then kids feel like it's possible because it is possible. Anything is possible, but he's a manifestation of it right here live and direct and we welcome to the studio today d gomes appreciate it brother appreciate you my brother appreciate you for having me man it's a blessing to be here it's love love man love. listen i'm excited shout out to the whole apf always applying pressure team we have a beautiful studios for those who don't know a lot of fans listen they obviously don't know because they're not here you know they might never get the privilege to step in here you know <laughs> and that's good safety cautions obviously yeah. right it's not, Facts. it's not public <laughs> space Facts. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to uh, the space, we always make it very welcoming. And for those who don't know, Insider, this has been the first guest that brings the crew. And then here, representing, shout out to the whole, you know, APF, you know, family. And it's a beautiful thing, man. I, I love that he came in here with them. 
you know, we met, and not not a hundred percent of them because that's the thing. There's yeah, so many, right? Nah, yeah, we're deep. And everyone's not here. Links ain't here. Yeah, Cam ain't shout, here. So they're here in spirit. Penny ain't here. Everyone's, yeah, you know, yeah, they're here in spirit. They're here in spirit. Raph, <laughs> Caleb, adventure. But man, let's get right to it. So from the start, when it comes to D Gomes and his journey, where does it start? For those who don't know, you are from Rhode Island, but where were you born and where did you grow up? Man, so I, I was born on the east side of Providence. Um. Born on the east side of Providence, I was an athlete coming up, played every sport, baseball, football, basketball, track and field, you name it, I played it. So What area? Uh, like what neighborhood? What, what type of... I grew up right off Camp Street. Right, right off Camp, Camp Street on the east side of Providence, yep. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I went to LaSalle Academy private school to play basketball. Um, after, after my junior year at LaSalle, I transferred to a prep school in Woodstock, Connecticut, Hyde Prep School. I went there for two years with my best friend Dex. Um, and from there, yeah, I ended up getting a few Division I offers and stuff like that, but I didn't have the grades, so I had to go to a Division I Juco in Chicago, not Chicago, it's on the outskirts of Chicago. Mm-hmm. I ended up going to Robinson, Illinois, Lincoln Trail, uh, Juco College. I ended up going there, playing basketball for a little bit. I had a lot of injuries, and what really stemmed my music career for real, I ended up going through a little bad breakup or whatever yeah. and um, I broke my scaffold at the time and I couldn't really play ball at the time and I was stressed out about the uh, relationship or whatever yeah. so I made a song about it like 2 in the morning on like my desktop computer and I showed my, my boy he's a producer shout out my boy Nizzy from New York I showed him he was like yo you can blow up with this music stuff <laughs> I, I made a song before that like a few songs playing around but I wasn't really doing it serious Yeah. and after that one like things just went up like I ended up dropping out of college. Let me slow down. I dropped out of college first. What college I, was this again? I was at Lincoln Trail. Lincoln Trail, Trail in uh, Illinois. Okay. Um, I dropped out of college, and my mom was actually, I'm sorry, mom, for putting you on blast, but my mom was like, <laughs> you ain't dropping out of school, come back to my house. You feel me? So I was beefing with my mom, um, not seeing eye to eye. I was beefing with everyone, really, because, you know, I left a f- full scholarship to come back home and try to figure it out. Yeah. So I came back home. Was a full ride, full ride scholarship? Yeah, full ride. Yep, I got a full ride to college, full ride to prep school, and I didn't pay to go to LaSalle because yeah. LaSalle, if you know, it's a, it costs to go to LaSalle. So, yeah, I ended up coming back home, and, um, yeah, shout-out to Mike Slick. Um, He ended up letting me stay at his studio. I was sleeping on his couch, actually, to be honest. Wow. And that's kind of what forced me to say, all right, if this is what you're going to do, you dropped out of college, you got a lot of people to prove wrong. So that's kind of where I just was, like, recording every single day, you know, I, some some days I was honestly showering, throwing on the same clothes. I didn't have a lot of clothes at the time because I was I was living out of a studio, you know. So thanks, thanks, thanks. I was, you know, I was showering, putting on the same clothes. Sometimes I was really thugging it out, like thugging it out in the studio and stuff. And um, yeah, one day um, shout out to OSF. OSF came to the studio. Yeah. Um, within like the first week of me being home, and uh, we were supposed to make some music for a while now, but um, you know, he was like. Yo, let me hop on this record. I had a hook called Blaming on My Ex. Mm. Yep. And, classic um, Rhode Island. Class, it's a classic song. Rhode Island song, you know, so. Blame it on my ex. He hopped on that one right there, and um, bam, that was out of here. That was locally viral, you know. 100%. And, I, um, I still remember that. People in school looking on their, their <laughs> teacher's computer, yep. looking it up on YouTube, watching yep. their class. And it was like, oh, everyone's talking about, yo, this song, this song, this song. Yeah. It's crazy. That shit was uh, ahead of its time because that yeah. manifested it to now what people do. You know, with like these these type of videos, where similar to like obviously the Chicago 
kind of Chief Keef essence. Yeah. That raw, just straight on camera type shit. But now yeah. it's like everyone doesn't like to like pop. But like you yeah. guys were like that moment for Rhode Island. You were part of that moment. Yep. You know. But taking it back a little bit. So did you always want to become a rapper and then in the midst of being injured and everything with basketball never you want to always become a basketball player nope never never wanted to be a rapper in my life i actually thought the rap thing was corny like yeah like growing up because again like i didn't really see anything really moving on the uh, music side as far as like locally and not because it wasn't happening because there was a lot people before me doing dope things like yeah you know you had drew you had kim the goat Mm -hmm. that's my goat over here you had a few people rapping you know what i'm saying you had john hope Got a bunch of people rapping for real. So even my brother used to rap and stuff, but I just never seen it being like a long term for anybody. And that was just my perspective at the time. Yeah. So I was like, nah, I'll never be a rapper. But my um my best friend CJ, one of my best friends CJ, he was the one like where he was like, Yo, you can be a rapper, like you can do it. He was like, Yo, you remind me of speaker knockers. He kept telling me mm. at the time, like, yo, you could be like speaker knockers. And speaker knockers was one of my favorite uh rappers at the time. RIP to him. Rest in peace. Yes. You know, so he was like, yeah, you can do it. So CJ actually really recorded my first song playing around. And then from there, you know, I never planned on being a rapper still. Even if I made those songs, yeah, I never planned on being a rapper. It's just more so like when I came back home and, I, you know, I was staying at the studio, I'll come out the studio and then there'll be kids at the corner again, like, ice cream. And they'll run up to me and like, yo, I heard the blaming on my ex song and this song and that song. I'm taking pictures. Kids are crying when they see me. And I'm like, I'm like, what? I was just in school playing basketball. Like, what's going on? And it was just crazy. It was just, it was honestly like mind blowing. Like I never seen nothing yeah. like it for real. And so, did you, uh, you didn't want to become a rapper growing up, but did you have uh, another like sort of alternative thing that you always had in mind? Was it like a stereotypical household? Did your mom want you to become a doctor, lawyer? What was the situation? Nah, my my mom was honestly like open to me doing whatever I wanted to to do yeah. as long as I, as long as I was not doing anything bad, really. Facts. Um, my dad, he's a Kiverdian. African parent Yeah He's just like Study 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 He wasn't trying to like You know We didn't have the best relationship Growing up uh, Young But as I got older Like All he cared about was me For me setting myself up To be A family man one day And you know Stuff like that yeah. I didn't understand A lot of the things He was teaching me as a kid But He didn't. He doesn't care about sports He doesn't care about All of those things He just yeah. wants me to Be you know Responsible But um no, nah, I would just say Honestly It was basketball That's it like, Basketball I was gonna my goal was to get to the NBA, but at the time I was undersized, you know. I still was all right, but, you know, that was my goal. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure it out. Like, that yeah. was my goal. So that was the that was the journey, and I wasn't taking no for an answer, you yeah. know. I wasn't taking no for an answer. And um, when I got to college, it's like everything started hitting me so fast. Like, yeah. like Dex would tell you, like, everything was about basketball. And then I broke my scaffold. Then I went to the doctor. I wasn't feeling good. Um, I ended up getting diagnosed with lymph- lymphoma. Wow. It was like, wow. yeah, it was like a false di- diagnosis. Though. Yeah, yeah. So they diagnosed me with lymphoma, and they told me I couldn't play. Wow. You know, I was in a lot of pain. I could barely move my legs. Yeah, it was Damn. crazy. Yeah, and that's when uh, Flip's, R.P. Flip Sanders, he was a coach in the NBA. I don't know if you remember him. He, yeah, he coached. Yeah, he ended up dying from lymphoma. Mm-hmm. And it was around that same time, so I'm just re- researching, looking it up, like, yo, what I'm is this? I'll be scared. Yeah, I was scared, you like, know? What the fuck is going on? And, um, yeah, I'll never forget. Like, I have a picture in my phone. I got to find it. Yeah. I can show you it. Um, Wait, yeah, do you have like a cast and stuff? Yeah, I had a cast for my uh, when I broke my uh, scaffold. Wow. And even my coach, like from to this day, he texted me like, yo, this this right here changed your life. Like this moment right here changed your life. Wow. And I'm like, 
Hold on, it's not loading, but this is the picture right here. It's crazy to me because now you have, you know, very close affiliated to, shout out to David Duke, a friend now who yep. is in the NBA. Now, do you ever feel regretful of that? Do you feel like, oh, I wish I, I didn't start rapping? Or do you feel how I kind of feel where it's like you chose the right path for what you're doing right now? I feel like this was meant, like, I feel like this is my purpose. Yeah. I feel like, um, it, like even with basketball, like I was always the captain on every team. Even oh. if I wasn't the best player on the team. What was your position? I was a point guard. Point guard, always. I was always, a, yeah, I was always a point guard. But I was always the leader on every team I've been on. Wow. And there might have been someone that was better than me on the team. Yeah. But it didn't matter because I just knew how to lead. Wow. So, um, yeah, with everything I did, I knew I could lead. And that's why even with APF, with like my company, it's so easy for me to lead people in the right direction because it's just, it's just part of my personality. But, um, yeah, I'm not regretful at all. I love what I do now. This is my life. Like, yeah, everything I learned from basketball, I implement that in my music career. Yeah, and I don't ever have any regrets. Like when I played basketball, I put my all into it. It got me through school. I built a lot of relationships through basketball. Mm -hmm. I've been around the country for basketball, you know. So I'm just happy that I was able to use the game and not let the game use me. Because when I was in high school, I'll never forget the football coach at LaSalle told me, he said, yo, use this game. You, are, you have so much to give to life. Because I used to only think I'm a basketball player. Like, yeah. that's what I am. I'm a yeah. basketball. And he told me, like, no, you're so much more than a basketball player. Mm -hmm. And when you're a kid, you don't want to hear that. You're like, nah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a hooper. That's yeah, what I yeah. am. People yeah. don't know me for being that ball player. Thanks. And he's like, nah, like, that's not. You're so much more than a basketball player. And yeah. that stuck with me for the rest of my life. Like, Shout out to him. Yeah, you know, use the game. Don't let it use you, you know? And I hear you, you're still nice, though. David Duke says that you, like, he he argues that you're the best, like, rapper, basketball player right now. But are, mm -hmm. are you, what do you, what do you yeah, I, for that? I, yeah, you I, I, I don't hoop. Yeah, I can hoop. Yeah, I can yeah. definitely hoop. Yeah, 100%. It's Emmy, you know? Yeah. That don't leave. It's Emmy. <laughs> I might be a little rusty, you know, but I know how to play the game the right way, you feel me? So. Who, who was your inspiration when it came to basketball? Like, looking up, growing up, were you... Like diehard fan of one team, one one. I was a Dirk athlete. fan. Okay, I was a Dirk fan. Wow, um, Dirk and whiskey, huh? Lo uh, Dirk and whiskey. Yeah, Dirk. Yeah, wow. that was one of my. Yeah, that was one of my favorite players. Very, very underrated at the time. Yeah. Obviously, people appreciate him, but now I feel like my generation now kind of forgot about him. But like that guy's yeah, a he's, legend. He's one of the best ever to do it. He's wow. one of the best power forwards ever. Wow, top ten power forwards ever. So were you fo following the the Mavericks and that team? Yeah, yeah, always? definitely. Yep, Jason wow. Terry, all of those guys. Yep, Jason, Jason Terry with the headband. Yep, that's Sean Marion. I didn't expect that answer. That's fire. Yeah, Dirk's like my guy. That. I just love how he played because he he was slow. He wasn't crazy athletic, mm -hmm. but he he just studied the game. It's like on, on some Kobe time. Like he just yes. studied the game so well where he no one could stop him. You know, hundred percent. I see a lot of similarities within him and um, Luca. Yeah, Luca. Right yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Luka. He's like a like he has that that that, that will. They have that will like to figure it out. Like I ain't the most athletic on the court. I ain't the strongest, but I'm gonna figure out how to win. Mm -hmm. That's you know? the goal. And then That's now veering towards your actual you know rap career, what was that moment where you felt aside from the blaming on my ex after that that like damn, I am gonna do this forever. This is gonna be the the thing, the goal. Or was it during that actual song that you were like, all right, I got to pick this up and take it serious? I feel like after the song dropped, and I started getting booked for, like, Sweet Sixteens and stuff like that. Okay. And I started going, like, by rec, uh, Rex and Boys and Girls Clubs to perform. Mm -hmm. And the kids was going insane. And I was I was looking at the kids in their eyes, and I was like, they, they're really looking at me like I'm Yo. I'm a superhero. And How old were you at this time? Probably, like, 20? Yeah. 20? Yep, 20 years old, yep. 20. Probably 20 years old, yep. Exactly, yeah, I was 20. Wow, you're 26 right now, right? Yep, 26. So like six, six years. Six yeah, years yep, ago, that's six. Yep, six years. I was. Yep, I was 20 years old, and I was like, "Yo, this is insane," you know. Wow. So from there, I was like, "Yo, 
I like this feeling. Like I like being able to connect with these kids through what I'm doing, through the music. So, and do you have like a brand and everything right away? Was uh, APF already established? Like, how did that? Or do you have something prior that you kind of went by? Yeah, so it was Squad of the Year. So, yeah, we had Squad of the Year. The brand was already a thing before it was a brand, without yeah. me even knowing. I started knowing. I, the, the first day I realized it, what it was was when um, we went to Slater Middle School mm -hmm. um, in Pawtucket, right? Mm -hmm. And I went there with all of my friends, and none of my friends rapped. But all the kids was asking them for autographs. Like, you had 100 wow. kids in front of me. <laughs> then you had 20 kids asking Dexter for autographs. And Dexter's looking at me like, why do they want to autograph with me? Like, I don't. Yeah. And they knew him for just being that guy on the Affiliate. side of me all the yeah. time. Affiliated, always. And they knew this person. I was with my friend Yannick and another friend. They're all signing autographs and taking pictures with kids. Wow. And I'm like, yo, like, this is so much bigger than me. Like, this 100%. is so much bigger than me. You feel me? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, like, another example is Lynx. We can go talk about Lynx. Like, I met Lynx visiting a school. Oh wow, he's one of the one of the kids that you. He's visited. one of the kids, and he just he said something really wild to me. Yeah, and it made had me crying. I was like, "Yo, that kid's a star. He's gonna be. I don't even know what he's gonna be in life, but he's a superstar. I need to be around that kid." Yeah, and from that moment, he didn't have no music out like that. Nothing. I said, "Yo, you're coming to me to the studio tomorrow." Yeah, you know, he came to my meet and greet, and from there, I locked him in the studio with me for like, ever since I was he was 13 years old at the time. Wow. So, That's but yeah, crazy. Well, as far as APF. Um, from yeah, squatter to year, from squatter to year to APS. So from squatter to year, like we were just, we were just out moving around, just connecting dots, uh, building the fan base up and stuff. We was throwing parties, selling out parties, um, in North Providence here and there, selling T-shirts, selling squatter to year T-shirts. Mm -hmm. Um, but from there, I started sitting down with my big bro Cam. Shout out to Cam. Cam Bells. Cam Bells. Shout out to my brother Cam. Me and Cam started like locking in, just sitting down, and he's like, "Yo, I see everything you're doing. It's dope." But this is bigger than that. Like, you have to really get this. Get your, I was about to swear, my bad. Can I swear on this? Yeah, you can say whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, right. whatever He's like, yo, you got to get this shit organized. It's all in front of your face. You feel me? Just get it organized. You feel me? So from there, I might be wrong, but I could have swore he put out a paper and we started writing down everything he, think I, he thinks I should do like as yeah. far as the brand. But he was just giving me ideas like, this is how you got to do it. You feel me? So from there, after that talk with Kim, we had a few more talks, whatever. I went to the guys. I'm like, yo. This is a label. Like, this has been a label. Like, yeah. Like, we're literally doing this already. We have everything in house. Like, my cameraman, shout out to Raph. Like, me and Raph was like running and gunning videos, sh shooting it today, having a video done tomorrow. We were dropping a video every Friday for a minute. Wow. He's giving the okay. fans a video every Friday. Everything was already in place and everything was in house. In house producers, you feel me? Everything. So, he was like, this is already a label for real. We just gotta put a name on it and we gotta present it to the world as what it is, you know? And, um, yeah, so shout out to Cam. Cam really helped me like put put this together. Like, yeah, like he really had the vision. Like, I had the vision, but he helped me. He really helped me like really put it together. Like, yo, you're doing it already. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what we're doing. So, from, similar to like the coach that kind of gave you that uh, that advice of like, oh, it's right there. Like, you, yeah, this it's is bigger than this. That whole it's concept. Already there. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. seeing it. Like, yo, do you? He's telling me like, I'm just honestly as it's happening. Yeah, I'm just going through the motions like. Everything's happening so fast. I'm like, yo, I'm just doing it. It's yeah. just happening. I'm doing it. I know it's, everything's going up, but I'm not even sure how this is happening. I'm just being myself. Organic. Organically. And Cam was the one like, yo, I'm telling you, this is what this is. You're selling these T-shirts. You need to write this down on the computer and have these analytics. So when you go into these label meetings, 
Now he's talking to me about labels. I ain't, I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, yeah. Well, you have these label meetings, you feel me? You can show these people like, yo, I just Got made proof. I just made a thousand dollars off, you know, shirts, you feel me? Mm-hmm. You know, so I went back to the team. Shout out to Rook, APF Rook, my little cousin. Um, he was like, yo, we need a name for the label, you know? And he was like, I said, I wanted to like connect with sports. Like, mm. I was like, how can we connect it with sports? Because we're all athletes. Yeah. And um, yeah, we, we came up with a few names we didn't like. And then Rook's the one who came up with applying pressure forever because it's like, you know, when you're uh, playing when you're playing basketball, you're up 50, yeah. like, a lot of coaches be like, yo, keep your foot on their neck. Like, mm-hmm. don't stop. Like, keep your foot on their neck. So that was the whole idea of it. Like, yo, keep applying pressure. Yeah. Even when it feels like we're up, keep going. So APF. No, I loved it from the beginning. I feel yeah. like I heard of it mm-hmm. before. Obviously, you have 4PF with the little baby. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I heard that abbreviation yours before the the 4PF one. Yeah, for, you got to think, when we little baby wasn't even out at that yeah, time. Right? Yeah, we had it already. Like, 100%. little baby wasn't even a thing yet to the world, obviously. Yeah. But And that's the thing, though. But the similarities are there where, like, like you said, you already had a label without knowing it. But a lot of people don't realize that where they have a crew, they have a collective, they may have a name, you know, that mm-hmm. it becomes a label. And that's where the most successful artists rise to the top, where you do have a... 4PF, where you do have, Facts. you know, these other people always, you know, having the, the Glow Gangs, the Chief Keefs, people of that world. Obviously, on a higher level, you have Drake with the OVO. But it's people that they grew up with, their friends, you know, and they become a part of the roster, part of the team, and doing things behind the scenes that help you, whoever is, you know, quote-unquote the leader, and that becomes yourself. You know, you are the face of the brand. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the actual 4 uh look at me now. 4PF. <laughs> 4 I need my 4PF chain, man. <laughs> I need my 4PF chain, man. Jeez, that collab got to happen, though. That's going to be crazy. Facts, that would be day, nuts, that right? That going to be a beautiful day. Yeah, it will. But when it comes to the actual APF, you know, roster, who was the first artist that was in addition to yourself? Because so, obviously you had D. Gomes from the beginning, but then yep. who was like, all right, they're going to be an artist as well? Links. Jay Links, like the established yeah. first artist yep. on the roster of a, um, APF. And then who else in addition came after Jay Links signing? You had, well, you already had Rain there, right? So mm, Rain okay. wasn't, Rain wasn't, um, under APF, but that's like that's like family. Like, yeah, we was affiliated. Affiliate, yeah. So affiliated. Um, Links was the first. Yeah, shout out to Lily Rain. Shout out to uh, Rain. Um, but yeah, Links was the first one where I was like, yo, I'm gonna put all my all I got into this kid. And shout out to my brother Lito right here, my partner. He's one of the presidents at APF. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just was he opened the studio up for us, and he said, yo, you can bring him in every day. You know, and from there, that's how he started rocking. Uh, we was recording links for, what, two, three years? He never dropped a song. We didn't let him put out one song. We were just putting him through training camp, you know? Workshop. Workshop. And he was mad because he wanted to put out music so mad, so bad. Yeah. We just kept bringing him into all the shows he was doing, show, showing face. Everyone loved him. Oh, he's adorable, you know? Mm-hmm. Showing face. So then once we dropped, it was crazy. Yeah. He had that artist development really. He, ha- he really happened. had it. And happened. he trusted. And that's and, the main thing yeah. with, like, being a leader, like, and even, like, going back to the point about you saying, like, um, you know, artists not knowing, like, they have these teams around them. Mm-hmm. It's like, some people do, but they just don't know how to orchestrate it. Mm. So they can know all the pieces of the pu- puzzles there, but they're like, yo, who's going to orchestrate this? Who's going to, yeah, you know, so it's important to have a leader in the group. Where it's yeah. like, yo, this is what we're doing. This is your role. Like, you might have a team, and you might be the guy where it's like, yo, bro, you're going to be the one recording. You're going to be the one coming up with the creative ideas. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times people have so much talent, but they don't know where to start. 100%. So they're just sitting like, yo, I'm here. I'm here to help, but I don't even know how to help, really. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of where. That's very true. Yeah, we are. And then now, uh, 
who what's the full roster currently as it stands right now when it comes to the APF in 2022? So you got Jay Lynx, you got Zazu Baby, that's our newest signing. Okay. You have Rasandra. You know, she's making the rounds, Rasandra. Mm-hmm. And her relationship going on tour with, you know, forming that friendship and that kinship with uh, little TJ and that co-sign she got. So kind of break that down with from her and also anyone else in addition to the label. Yeah, so Rasandra, she's a star. She's a superstar. Um, you know, so yeah, so Rasandra, yeah, she, she's a star, bro. Um, it's my little sis, my artist right there. Um, working with her is a headache sometimes. <laughs> she's a savage. Yeah. You know, she don't hold her tongue. She just says whatever she wants to say, whether it's right or wrong. You know what I'm saying? And I love her for her. We bought heads like brothers and sisters, you feel me? But with Rasandra, we dropped Toxic last year. Oh, no, that was two years ago now, right? We dropped her. We dropped her first record. It was actually her second one. We dropped a record called Mix Up for her. It did all right. And then we dropped this record called Toxic. Mm-hmm. Once Toxic dropped, TJ ended up coming down for a show. Me and TJ had a show together, and he heard the uh, song Toxic. Rasandra showed him Toxic when he came down. He loved the song. He wanted to sign her. So we ended up doing some work with TJ. We was working with him for a minute, and then you know, one day he dropped his tour, and her name was on it. Wow. We didn't even talk to him. We. We found out about tour the day before it started. Oh, wow. The wow. day before. But did she know? She had no clue. She had no clue either. She had no clue. She just had a, she, she got a bunch of tags on Instagram saying she's going on tour with TJ. Wow. How do you guys feel about it? It was, it was overwhelming. Like, it was over, right? For her, not for me. Like, I loved it. Yeah. I live for those moments, you know? Yeah. But for her, it was really overwhelming. Like, I'm not, this is crazy. Yeah. But she, that's why, like, I'm, the trust thing I was telling you about, like, she trusted me. Like, she was yeah. like, if you tell me we're going, we're going. Yeah. But... Name a girl you know that's going to wake up one day with no clothes, nothing. Just say, yeah. just throw me on tour. I don't even yeah. know how I'm getting around. I don't got no... There's bravery in that, yeah. You know, so she was like, you know what? So what I did was I called camp. I said, yo, we up. We going on tour tomorrow. We, we driving to Tennessee. Or we going to fly, whatever we can do. Mm-hmm. We ended up fl- finding flights, God willing. There was like two more flights left, two, three more flights left. We ended up finding one that works for all three of us. We flew to Tennessee the next morning. Wow. And from there, we went on an international tour. We went on tour all around the country. Wow. And then after that, we went to London and stuff like that. But yeah, that's how fast that happened. But she's still she's still working with him in a capacity. Yeah, she, yeah she's the, she definitely still works with TJ. Okay. Um, he helped out a lot. Yeah. He's been helping a lot. Yeah. With the cosign and just pushing her and stuff like that. So she's still working with him. But yeah, the tour the tour experience was amazing. To be able to move around the country with people you love and just build and grow through adversity and stuff like that. She never performed before. Wow. So she went from never performing before to going on. Tour in front of thousands of people right away. Right away. Do you think that kind of was like maybe obviously too soon, or was it like, fuck it, she learned her lesson now, she's better than she was before? It was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect from the first night. Uh, TJ's um, TJ's agent came out. His tour agent came out and said, "She's the one." From her first show, and I had to let him know like she never really performed before. Wow. So from there, no, nah, she's a star. That's what she's meant to do. She's a character. She's a yeah. She seemed really pretty confident from the clips I saw during the, during the concerts with um TJ. Yep. I would have had never thought that she did like no shows at all before. I would have thought yep. she definitely had some some groundwork. Yeah. You know, and uh, aside from her, uh, how about the other artists who would be kind of I guess next up in the lineup because you have the Jay Links, the Rasandra, and who would be now that third? You got Henny. You got Henny too, of course. Well, I'm, like I said, I'm I'm managing Henny now with uh Kim and uh Dave. At first, that's like that's my sis. So I was just literally there. Mm-hmm. You know, Kim brought me in, like, yo, I need you to come in. 
and we're gonna do this together. We yeah. do a, we do a lot we do a lot of things together. So Kim kind of brought me in like, yo, bro, like I need you to jump in on this and really attack it. Yeah. So Wani like speaks for herself. It's like she's a star. She's gonna go. She's about to drop her EP within the next two months. She's about to go on tour, and I'd rather say less on her. Like yeah, she, yeah. she, she her, speak for yeah, it's gonna speak drops. for herself. She's 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 out of here. She's gonna go. Yeah, shout out to her. Um. You got Zazu Baby, that's our new artist. You know, he's killing it. He's yeah. the yeah, he's he's a go. It's really early. Don't no one really know who he is yet, but the yeah. world's gonna know. He's gonna put the world on notice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, man. You guys got a lot a lot of shit cooking, you know, when it comes yeah. to the label and the roster, man. People people are definitely gonna be paying attention more, especially now if they didn't know. Now they definitely know. Yeah. And there's a lot there's a lot more. This is my shout out to my boy Marlon, man. This is my A and R. Yeah, my A and R from Enescope, the best A and R in the world. My boy Marlon, man, <laughs> that's my dog. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Nah, we got a lot cooking, man. Got little Lonzo. Um. Little Lonzo. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to little Lonzo. Free him too. Mm-hmm. And we also have my boy, young Seth. Okay. Seth Brown it's from squad, Canada. Man. It's a squad. It's a, it's a team. Pop artist. He's dope. Wow, from Canada. Okay, that's dope. dope. That's amazing. You know, and the fact that you, you know. You've grown it like this. I think it says a lot about you because you're becoming a real deal boss rather than just being an artist yourself. You're really working on, you know, the manifestation of putting your hand out and touching other people and making magic happen for everyone else around you as Facts. well. You're not trying to just be the biggest one in the actual, you know, team, whatever. You have people who are becoming bigger. And speaking of that, shout out to, we can talk real quick when it comes to Jay Link's his journey. So he is... Someone that is very, very dope and very rare situation where you haven't really seen a situation where an artist from Rhode Island gets signed for a major contract and is publicized, especially a rapper like that online. And he was at a very, you know, a young age. So explain that situation where you are the label head for this artist and he's signed to now Little Mosey. Does it, is there a name for the Little Mosey um yeah, so team. Leo. Yeah, so that's so certified hit maker. Shout out to certified my boy, uh, yep, Little Mosey. So basically, um, with Links, we have him under management. Okay, nice. So even though we're a label, we also are a management company. Nice. So he's under management with us. Yeah. What happened first was we brought him to Mosey. Mosey wanted to come in and help build it up. Yeah. So Mosey came in. He built it up. He helped. He helped us build it up. And from there, Mosey's the one who pitched to Interscope. Like, yo, let's do this deal. Yeah. So basically, Mosey worked it out with them. A partnership with them where it's like you have Interscope CTM together mm-hmm. and Lynx. Yeah. So it worked out in Lynx's favor. Yeah. Because now Lynx doesn't have a bunch of different mm. pieces in the, yeah, in the yeah. pie, you know, with his money and stuff. 100%. Interscope's responsible for paying out CTM certified hit makers. Okay. Out of their portion. Okay, okay. So it's basically Lynx and Interscope. And we're just on the management side. Okay. That's dope. That's mm-hmm. very dope. And how did you feel when the situation happened? Obviously, you were there. We saw the photos. Very celebratory. But that concept of, you know, you have someone from your roster, your team, you know, signing this major deal. Did you have any sense of like, you know, like, damn, that could be me or whatever? Or were you on like, yo, this was the plan? Well, I should have probably spoke about this, too. Like, I already had off like deals. Okay. I, I had Office. a bunch. Yeah, I had a bunch of offers on the table where, you know. I just, I was the guy where it's like, I'm like, nah, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. How much can I do on my own first? Okay. Like, independently. Why? Yeah, like, you know, I'll tell you, we, we done been to meetings everywhere, you know, with Sony, with a lot of people. 
Facts. Know? We met with Columbia. We met with um, we met with uh, Street Dreams, Mass Appeal. Yeah, we Mass met, Appeal. Shout Mass to Appeal. Nas, Shout yeah. out to Nas. Yeah, they offered us. They was one of the first people to offer me a deal. And what year was this? Like, what was the first rumblings of you? What What was your first meeting ever with a label? First phone call? And what year was it around the blame it on my ex? Like that whole blow up in that moment? Yeah, it was. It was around blaming on my ex. Um, my first deal I got offered to me was from uh Rojas. I'm not sure if you heard of Rojas on the beat. Um, like a producer, right? He's a producer. He made "Look at Me" for Extentacion. Okay, yes, yes. Uh, you you remember that? Tag. Yeah. yeah so Rojas. Yeah, yeah. Rojas. Um, shout out to Rojas, my boy Rojas. He offered me a situation. He had his own label called Enzyme Records, mm. and um, they was a JV under Caroline. Um, he offered me a situation. They helped build up like Little Pump, you know, a bunch mm. of people and stuff. Um, I was rocking with them for a while. You know, we just went our separate ways after a little bit. Um, I just kept building, building, came back home from L.A. I was living in L.A. actually already. I moved to L.A. with a, a friend in the NBA. His name is Nerlens, Nerlens Noel. Okay, shout out to I was living with him for a little bit. I ended up coming back to Rhode Island, kept building, kept building. Uh, Sony Orchard. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to Nick Chico. He offered me a situation through Sony Orchard because he has his own situation with them. Mm -hmm. um, Mass Appeal. Shout out to Nas and Jungle. Mm -hmm. um, they offered me a situation. They offered me an uh, OSF a deal, actually. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, and we had a lot of other interests, too. We sat down with RCA. We sat down with Columbia. And, yeah, I was really just going into these uh, meetings and just soaking up the knowledge. Yeah. Um, E1, shout out to Theo over there. They offered us a distribution deal early on. Um, yeah, so we Jesus, had... Jesus Christ, that must have been, like, a crazy experience, like, sitting down, getting all this interest... Similar to like when you're like NBA player and all these teams, or like not even NBA, but obviously college player where you have the scoutings and et cetera, yeah. people are scouting you. You know, you didn't go to the NBA, but you are going through that similar process now as a rapper. Mm -hmm. How did that feel? Did you feel the pressure of like, should I pick someone? Because everyone's offering, you know, but now you're independent. So like, do you regret that? Did you? No, nah, you kind of feel like it, like you go into a lot of these meetings and you know, a lot of the times they try to downplay you. They they want they want to work with you, mm. but they want to downplay you as much as possible yeah. to get you to sign for less. Yeah. So that's the goal. Like when you go into these meetings, it's like say for example, um, I'm a businessman, right? And you have property I want to buy, and I'm like, you know what? I come to the property, yo. The soil or this yeah, is messed up or something about it. this is just all messed up. But you know, I still want to buy it. But you can't sell this to me for fifty thousand. I need it for mm. twenty. So that's bargaining. A, they're, bargaining. they're bargaining. So that's the same in the music industry. Like, yeah. they'll downplay it as much as they could, which is why I told myself, I said, you know what? I'm gonna sell my own merch. I'm gonna yeah. do my own shows. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, get film of all of these mm -hmm. events I'm doing and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna document all of these things. So when I go into these meetings, I know what I'm talking about. Facts. I'm gonna go in there with my team. Like, shout out to Kim again. Kim was like. So I'm like, yo, when you're going into these meetings, they need to know you're on your shit. Like, you're yeah. going in there with your team. You're going in there with your own photographer, your own merch guy, everything. So when they're walking in, they're like, yo, I want to work with this kid because he's doing all the work already. Yeah. We're just coming in to partner up with him. Yeah, they're going to be know? genuinely impressed. You know, it's, yeah. not a, it's not a random, you know, this is an actual brand. Exactly. So I sat yeah, down, brand. like, the first time I did sweat, um, the first time I did APF uh, merch was uh, sweatsuits, tracksuits. And we did 7,500 the first week. Wow. And I was like, That's crazy. I didn't realize how big it was. I'm like, a lot of artists aren't doing that right now. No. 
Definitely you know, not. so I wrote that down. We have it in the inventory, and we brought it to RCA. Mm-hmm. And they're playing the music. They're like, it's dope. But once I showed them that I could sell merchandise, they were like, yo, this kid, okay, like, I get it. Like, this kid actually knows what he's doing. Yeah. And that's when it hit me where it's like, yo, I need to keep building my own brand up. I'm not waiting for a label to co-sign what, I'm got, what I got going on or give me the right situation. Yeah. I'm going to build this up to the point where, God willing, I can do it without a label. Yeah. That's amazing. So. And do you mind sharing it if you don't have to, but when it comes to, like, even... For people to understand from a general perspective, is there a dollar amount that you can place on, like, what was, like, the biggest amount of money that you've turned down to now stay independent? And you don't have to say specifically from who, or even the number, if you don't mind. I guess 100000 100000 100000 so You had a $100,000 offer, and obviously, especially at the time, most money you ever really, like, yeah, this seen. Is, this, again, this, these are, this is early at the time. Like, this is yeah. early. Yeah. And that wasn't even for, that wasn't for a label deal. That was for a song. Wow. It was for a song. Wow. It was for the replay song, actually. So they wanted to take the song? They wanted to take the song. Wow. Yeah. And that entailed giving away everything? The publishing, the writing, they own, they everything, own the, the, whole, the whole thing? Yeah. Wow. They would own it. You would still have your, you would still, they would own the masters, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. They would take and, the masters, too? Or yeah, you, they, would, they, oh. they would own it. They would own it. They would own the masters. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, that was... um Smart decision to not do it. I though. didn't know how, I didn't know how big the song would be. Yeah. And honestly, the thing was the was song. Was it after it dropped or before it dropped? Song, it was. That they it was after deal? it dropped, but okay. it wasn't on DSPs yet. It wasn't on a only on YouTube. It was only on YouTube. Wow. So they're like, yo, they see the song going up, and they're like, yo, we can grab it now. Yeah. Before it's on DSPs, and we can put it out on DSPs and monetize it for you. Yeah. And this is when, yeah, you know, this is when TJ was really like going up, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what that was, and I really didn't. I'm like, yo, this nah, let's just get it cleared on our own. Wow. Put it out, and then see what it does for us. So. Yeah. And looking back. It was it was worth it. Well worth the while. Yeah, every yeah everything was worth it, bro. Even yeah. like the deals, like every deal I got offered early, it was no real money. Yeah. But it wasn't about the money to me. It was about like, yo, is it on my terms? Like, yeah, yeah. Is everything we're doing on my terms? Is it my creativity? Is like, because everything we was doing before that was just us. Like we didn't have someone doing that for us. So. Yeah. I think I'm just really big on like I have, I'm really cre- I'm really big on like the creative side of things, and I wanted to control my own destiny. Mm-hmm. I didn't want someone else controlling it. Yeah. No, it's very wise. You know, you you did it. You know, and it's like, even that tidbit right there of like that song. I I didn't, I didn't even know that. That's pretty wild. Like that mm-hmm. hundred thousand dollars story for the replay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it's that's a a a, a low offer for that record because that's yeah. a that's a record that you know I feel like can still be re literally replayed. You know, pun intended, and still rolled out. Like that's a strong, especially the hook and everything that entailed. But bring it back to that time, that little TJ connection. How did that? Start between you and him. Okay, so um, again, we was we was like rocking shows out here and stuff like that. And um, shout out to Nino Stacks. Nino was bringing him to Ultra. He was bringing him to Club Ultra, and um, he asked me in OSF like, "Yo, y'all want to host the night? Like, y'all want to mm-hmm. perform or host the night?" And I just remember us being like, I didn't, I wasn't really crazy about performing at the time. I didn't want to record perform that day, but I was like, "Yeah, I'll host. Like, you know, I'll get paid and host." Mm-hmm. And then when uh TJ came. Uh, Nino um, introduced me to his manager, JD. Shout out, shout out to my boy, JD Banks. JD, he's, he's the truth. That's my boy. Mm-hmm. But he introduced me to uh, JD. JD uh, liked us a lot. He liked, he liked our vibe. And um, yeah, like that. He was like, yo, let's do the record. Nino wasn't really the one pushing for the record, though. Like, oh, yeah. He wasn't the one pushing for it. Nino was like, y'all, y'all got to do a song with him. Yeah. This is, this is early. Like, this is early in TJ's career. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, that's how it kind of happened. After the show, 
they was down. Like they was like, yo, let's go to the studio and bang it out. Wow. After we banged it out, he really liked it. He really liked yeah. the song. Um, I remember him leaving that same night, and he DM me like, he's like, yo, send me the, send me as soon as this mix. Like that, that really might be my hardest feature. That's what he said. <laughs> Shout out to my boy TJ. He was genuinely impressed. So he was like, that might be my hardest feature, you know. Yeah. Um, it might so, be to this day. Yeah. It's arguable. Yeah, it's arguable. You know, especially out here, I feel like people are gonna always say that. You know. Yeah, and, that, and he knows like that opened up the market for him to come here. Like after that song. Everyone wanted to book him in Rhode Island, even New England. Yeah, I feel like he low-key almost damn near lived here, come out here every weekend. Yeah, so <laughs> after that song came out, you know, shot the video in New York. Yeah, um, yeah things just went up. Like, you know, for, for me personally, like me and OSF for sure, yeah. things went up, you know, and it just, it just, it built so much, it, it just brought so much opportunities, you know, like yeah. our way, like. Now we're doing features and getting all this money and we can travel and we can do all of these things that artists are supposed to be doing because that, that, that song set up so much other things, you know? No, it's, a, it's a classic, classic, um, classic moment right there, that song, you know, that hook alone, you know, Diamond My DJ, yeah. you know, and it's very significant things that you would do, like tidbits of like, you know, early on in your career. That's how I think a lot of people became fans of your, of your actual team where like you would talk about your team, rep exactly. your team. You know, rep people around you. You know, even that line, Diamond's my DJ. It's like the world might not even know, obviously, unless you're from Rhode Island out here. You're no clue. Cut, you know, but it sounds good. Mm-hmm. It's genuine. Yeah. You weren't lying. You were telling the truth, right? That's your moment right there. And then it gravitates and becomes something that people, like, fuck with. Exactly. You know? And it's all, at the same time, you showing love to someone, you know. But I think it's a manifestation of a lot of things you've done, you know, with your brand. So when it came to now... You working with artists. Is this your biggest song, do you think, to this date? Or is it the Polo G record? No, it's not. Um, Number-wise, yeah, it's definitely not. Polo G, the Polo G song is uh, the, Polo G record. the biggest one, yeah. Shout-out so to my boy Polo, too. Yeah, so when it comes to the Polo G record, again, early in his career, especially where he is now, similar to Lil TJ, but they were, you know, rising stars, both of them, and you got them in really, really great moments to orchestrate collaborations with you when it came to the Polo G connection how did that happen at all so sh- shout out to my brother CJ again on that CJ was already connected with Polo like, they was already connecting Um, and I'll be honest I was in Boston I'll never forget I was in Boston one day and I got a text and it was like yo bro it's Polo and I'm like like Ralph Lauren I'm like who <laughs> I'm like who's texting my phone and the last person I'm thinking is Polo G's texting my phone yeah and he's like yo you gonna come up to New York let's do something CJ sent me a number wow you know so I got CJ I was already plugging away at it and CJ just gave him my number, and he rocked it. Uh, he 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 already heard replay, so he rocked a uh, replay heavy. Yeah. So from there, that night I was supposed to drive up to New York to do a song with him. He ended up leaving to London. He had he had a flight to London at six in the morning. Oh damn! So he's like, "Yo, I'll be back in like four or five days. As soon as I get back, let's cook up." Yeah. We did a song in New York at Quad Studio, and from there he really rocked it. He's like, "Yo, come to L.A. Like you know, let's shoot it." And at the time, I'm like, yo, this dude's so busy, he's blowing up. I'm going to get to L.A., and he's not going to want to do it. Mm-hmm. So, he's going to flake on you or something. Yeah, I thought he was going to flake. So I get to L.A. Um, we got the Risk Carlton Hotel. Um, shout out to my boy Omar. He helped out with it on that. And, um, yeah, we called Polo up. He's like, yo, come to my crib. Yeah. He went to his crib, played basketball with him, hung out with him and his family and stuff. And, then, yeah, he pulled up, and I ate to the, uh, to the hotel. Wow. Him and his boy, just one boy, no security guard, nothing. Mm-hmm. Shot the video, vibed out with us, and then. We just been building ever since then. From there, he was bringing us to his shows, showing us mad love, genuine love. Yeah. That he didn't even have to show for real. Yeah. Even on the song on Spotify, like most like huge artists, they don't let you, they don't let you put them as a main feature on the song. 
Mm. You know, he let me put him. He he let me make that his song basically. Yeah. So if you go to his Spotify for I mean forever is like his song too. Yeah. It's Damon. It's D, not Damon. <laughs> My <laughs> That's bad. It's illegal. It's the legal name. <laughs> it's D Gomes and Polo G. It's yeah. not D Gomes featuring Polo G. Yeah. So even for him to do that and expose me to his audience That's like big. that, millions of people. That's big. That was like huge. so huge for me. You know. Yeah. Most artists they are not doing that. Like they not. are not putting that on their own page. Yeah, because they got the ego and yeah. they want to just be like, oh, I'm doing this for him. I don't care about that. Exactly. I don't, don't want to do that. It's, exactly. You know, I don't want to like make it look messy. Whatever exactly. words they want to use to like just say that shit. But he did it in a sense where it's like he's letting the world know, like, yo, I really rock with this dude. Yeah, and that but was love. That's crazy. And now, uh, so yeah, looking back at it, that's your biggest song to date. That record yeah. right there. I mean, what's it? What's it at now? Like eight mil? Are you over that? Maybe. Well, like. Streaming wise, twenty million, yeah, probably like twenty million all around. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. You got, I think you got YouTube, you got Spotify, you got Apple. It probably got eight mil alone on Spotify, probably or something like that. Seven mil. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't check. My bad. <laughs> I don't check. I don't check my own. I, I got my exec got hat on right that. now. You yeah, know, yeah. I don't even check. I don't check what's going on. No, that's amazing. And when it came to that, you know, after Poe G, what was now to date like? the biggest like artist connection aside from the ones that we know is there something else that you you know you connected with an artist behind the scenes that um it was like wow this this really happened i wouldn't say wow this really happened because that's how it was at first right but um after a while it's like it just became so normal mm. and when i'm around these people like they're not looking at themselves a lot of the times like yo i'm this superstar and i'm around this random person and they look at me in the same light by the way that i present myself yeah so it kind of just became normal to be honest um, you know, I didn't hung with Juice World, uh Yeah. I a lot of artists. Tyga, all these guys, it's like yeah. normal. And now with me living in the valley, like I live around all of these guys. Like Sean Kingston, all of these. They're right down the street. Live, we live down the street from Jonas Brothers. Oh, wow. That's kinda that's kinda yeah, that's kinda cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I go to Petco, I bump into Carucci. Oh wow. Petco. What the you heck? Know. You ever introduce yourself, or is it just like, oh, you see him from a Not distance? I never, I never introduced myself to Karuchi yet, but you know, like um, Logan Paul's his uh his assistant and stuff. Like she's always in Petco. Mm. You talked about breeding our dogs together and stuff. I'm about to say, cause why are you in Petco so much? We got a dog, obviously. Yeah, I got, got two animals. dogs. Yeah, yeah shout yeah. out to Blue and Pressure, man. Those are my hearts right there. My daughters. Wow. <laughs> now listen, yeah, you you around you know the right a lot of people, right people. You know the right energy at least if you want to manifest that. You know, and I remember at the time. You know, a couple years ago, there was rumblings of a song uh, between you and Tory Lanez. Yeah. Whatever happened to that? Because like, people so, always wonder, like, oh. Yeah, that was supposed to go. That was going to go up. Really? So, yeah. Um, shout out, again, shout out to, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Renegade. It's the Renegade. You ever heard? Yeah, the producer. Yeah, one yeah. of the, one of the, he's, mm-hmm. he's honestly one of the hardest producers out. Yeah. So, I was working with the Renegade and Nick Chico. Mm-hmm. And th- that was actually one of the people that was, that offered me a situation to help. Yeah. And okay, gave me yeah, a situation yep. on the uh, Sony Orchard. And, um. Yeah, uh, for whatever reason, we just ended up going our separate ways. Like, I still love, like, mm-hmm. but we just it just didn't end up working out. Mm-hmm. And it was his record. So it was their record. They put me on the record with Tori. Wow. And they was going to release it. But when we went our second, separate ways, they thought more so it would make more sense to throw K-Camp on the song. Like, I had a song with K-Camp, too. They got me okay. a song with K-Camp. And, yeah, so our situation didn't really work out. So from there, it didn't make sense on a business and for them to put the record out with me on it. Okay. But it took me off and they put K Camp on. The song's actually out now yeah. and it's dope. Shout out to them. K Camp and Tori, y'all both killed it. 
Yeah. But yeah, I ain't gonna lie, we had a smash though. <laughs> Yo. That was, we had a smash at yeah. that time too, because obviously that was pre like the whole fucking the controversy with Tori, etc. Like yeah. at the height of his career musically. That was right before it though. That was like right before. Right, right when it was about to go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, no, no, no. I know. I meant. I think you're talking about like oh, right, the, the controversy right before the controversy. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So you know, you know, God's timing. But at the same time, is is crazy to me, like. Cause I've had conversations with Mucka about that, like where he has songs with like these major artists behind the scenes, yep. and like business might not make it happen to like drop it, mm-hmm. or like they just never dropped it, etc. And it's crazy, like you know, it's just going to show you again, like it's all about the timing that God decides for this shit to happen. Because you said the record could could have gone, but fuck mm-hmm. it now, who knows? Fuck it, it wasn't meant to. It wasn't meant, meant to, to happen. happen. It was not meant to happen. You know. Fact. That's a that's a crazy that's a crazy thing because I remember when it was being I think you played at a club no yeah. like it was like you it were ready funny. you were yeah. excited about it yeah I was excited because yeah. that, that was we was we was honestly about to like line that up with the releases like yeah because um, he would have been the biggest artist to date at that time yeah. to like because he's international yeah like, he was out of there yeah. uh, Nick was actually he was flying up to Rhode Island we we sat in my house Nick flew out and we we, saw, we talked about the whole game plan of putting out the record like you wow. already we was planning the release like he had everything you know and again um like all love to him he just we kind of went our separate ways, and yeah, from yeah. there, it made sense for him to say, like, you know, I don't need D on the record anymore. Yeah, yeah. So. No, and it shows the power of you to realize business is business, and you're not a fucking sour person that. Exactly. Make, like, an IG post about it. No, never, shit, never. Then, it's you know, all love. It might, it might make it, like, a, a clout play, like, let's do it for clout, et cetera, but then nope. you're going to sever that tie, that connection. Exactly. You know, you keep it on the wraps, like, that's cool, I, I get it, mm-hmm. you know, and then they respect you more for it. Exactly, you know, in the future, bro. Who knows, you know, you know, prayers for Tori. Hope that situation, if it figures itself out and he comes back, maybe he might want to work with you again in the future. Exactly. Maybe that will happen, you know. You never really know. Exactly. You know, and going back real quick when it comes to the J-Link signing, because people always wondered, like, that idea of this record, uh, this contract with this record label. So it was a $3.2 million uh, contract that he signed. Yeah. Yep, right. that's what he signed. Yeah, that's what he signed, right? Yeah. But right away, people... They assume it's $3, $3 million in his pocket. 100%. That's not how it works. And they assume <laughs> it's, let's say, for lack of better terms, oh, D probably got a million of that. Oh, right? uh, oh, y'all be so surprised. people don't understand business, right? Mm-hmm. But break it down, if you don't mind, real quick, the business of that for those who want to be, you know, okay, or just, they're just ignorant to it. It's, it's yeah, so, so the people them. that's ignorant to it yeah. and people that... Artists that really want to know how these things exactly. work. Exactly. Educationally. Um, yeah, educationally. Um, this is how it works. So you sign for whatever you sign for, right? And then within that budget, you have a recording budget, right? You have a marketing budget. You have all of these different things that travel. You have all of these different expenses. And they'll, they might say, all right, out of that $3 million, 500000 goes to recording. Mm-hmm. So with recording, you can pay for features. You can pay for production, like beats. You can pay for studio time. Those are the things you're using for your recording budget. Then you have your marketing budget, right? At paying for videos, you know, label waivers and everything else. Like they're paying for that type of stuff on the marketing side. And you have, that's how it works. Like, so you have all these different branches where money's put into different spaces. Then you have your advance. Your advance might be a million dollars. You know, that's for you like to figure out, but your advance might be a million. So out of that three mil, there's one mil going there. There's five hundred thousand going on the recording. There's five hundred going on the marketing, and then there's whatever else you gotta pay for. You know, yeah. so that's how it works. You don't get all the money up front. You don't get what you signed for up front. That's not how it works. Now, 
if someone's walking around with a $3 million advance, then they're doing really well for themselves, <laughs> you know? But that's not how it works, you feel me? Yeah. No, no, 100%. Because maybe back in the day, but, like, for that to happen nowadays, it's like people got to really realize, like, no, there's a lot more that happens to even make that play occur. So, actually, when it comes to that actual deal, he was 17 at the time? Yeah. I think he? 17 at the time. 17, right, Lito? Yeah, he was 17 years old, yeah. How did that feel? Like, were you yourself, like, dealing with an artist, but obviously they're a minor, they're young. Do you come into it like a parent type of role? Yeah. And also, when it comes to his family, are they approving? Are they are they involved, the parents, when it comes to, you know, Jay Lynx's situation and yours? Yeah, so shout out to Rachel. That's Lynx's mom. Um, That's Jay's mom. We work hand in hand. Okay. So from day one, like, I told her, trust me with your son, and I'm playing like a big... F- a big brother and, like, father role. Yeah. Like, his mom's everything. She does everything for him. But I wow. kind of came in and said, like, I got you. I'll take some load off your back. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure he's out of trouble, out of the streets. And i kind of been playing that role ever since. So I already played the big brother role since he was 13 years old. Yeah. So when the deal came, it was like, yo, I'm just going to con- continue to, to just mold him into the man he needs to be, you know? Yeah. And I already built that trust with him when he was broke. Like, he never left Rhode Island before all of these things was happening. His first time leaving Rhode Island was for a label meeting in New York. Wow. So he left Rhode Island on a time like where it's like, yo, I could really do this music thing. Like, I'm leaving Rhode Island to have music meetings, meetings yeah. and stuff. Like, you know, so for a little kid, that's crazy. That's yeah. insane. 100%. So from there, like, so when the money came, I already built his trust up to the point where it's like, this money don't mean nothing. Like, this is the person that helped me get it. So I'm going to still follow, you know, like, you know, the way he's, the path he's leading me down. So. Yeah. I feel like I put in the groundwork to build that relationship with him before the money hit. But 100%. definitely playing like a, definitely playing like a father role in a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because oh. he lives with he lives with me now. Like his mom's oh, wow. here in Rhode Island. Yeah. He's living in L.A. And sometimes we be we be going back <laughs> and forth, buttonheads. You know, but that's my yeah. little brother. I love him. Well, that's that's amazing. That's that's good to hear because people always wonder, especially because of his age, et cetera. Yep. You know, people are gonna always be concerned. But what when it came to that, uh, what was your mindset when it came to the content he released the music you know him being younger than you and so younger almost like a 10 year no not 10 year difference five eight eight eight, seven seven year difference type type yeah seven yeah so like half a little bit over half a decade did you ever have a role into maybe controlling the creative control like yo maybe you should not do that because you you know you are younger or did you like oh just let him go wild whatever i tried (laughs) i tried at first you know but when I met him, he was already wild. Like, he was yeah. wild, you know? Um, so I didn't want to refrain him from being himself. Yeah. But I also wanted to guide him, and I gave him a lot of advice on how he should come. But then there were certain points where I was like, you know what? Be yourself. Like, yeah. you know, just just do what you feel like you should do. Yeah. And, you know, I'll advise you, you know? Thanks. So I kind of continued to, like, I try to let him be himself still. Yeah. And, you know, like, even with his first release, um, No Man Is, that's the first record we dropped. It went viral. Like, that was the first one that went viral. Right away. Yeah, it went crazy. Actually, no. We, we actually shot a video. Shout out to my boy, Wet Visuals. He killed the video. We shot it. But Lynx was really young. Once we went to L.A. with the song, everyone like was liking it. We met. That's when we met Mosey. Mosey mm. said, yo, this is the record. We have to reshoot it. It's going to change your life. Mm. So we reshot it. But we reshot it with a bunch of girls in the video. Yeah. A lot of older girls that, you know. Yeah. So we had, we got we dealt with like a lot of controversy on that. Yeah, I saw it in the comments. There yeah. was people who obviously fucked with the fans, but then I saw some people I remember reading the comments were like, 
uh, what's going on here? This is yeah. kind of a blah. Because even if they don't know his age, just by looking at him, you're He's gonna like baby. He looks like a baby. He has that baby face exactly. vibe. So He's like, this is a kid, right? Exactly. So, but you dealt with that, like by what? What was the the things that you kind of laid out right, real quick? Yeah, so I'll just give you an example. His mom was the first one, like, before he even dropped, we showed him on video, and she was he's like, you sh no, she's like, you sure? Like, okay. You sure we should do this right here? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is what he wants to do. This is the space he's, he's going into. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot of, you know, like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I laid it out to her. She's like, yo, she trusted me. Yeah. You know, and I kind of had to be the one to take make that decision. Like, yeah, all right, but we're going to do it. Yeah. You know, and I'll take the backlash, you know, but we put it out. It did millions of views, and... yeah. Went well from, and then from there he went back to his lover boy links. Yeah, you know, calm vibes, and he never did a video, he never did a video like that ever since. Yeah, it's not like that's his his um his lane his lane or brand fully. Like he's no, just like not trying to be crazy rebellious. And speaking of hate, have you ever gotten hate for the stereotypical thing of, oh, he's from Rhode Island but he moved to L.A. Why he switched up? What's going on here? Have you ever gotten um, that? Whether from people that you know online, and what has been your reaction to that? That whole concept of like, oh, I switched up because I'm not living in my home yeah no more nah, you know? yeah you get that um i feel like i done got hate in every every way like really but the love overpowers the hate so i don't really pay it too much mind but i feel like i'm in a space like where i, I got to a point where there's always gonna be a reason to hate on me there have been people from here like yeah where it's like he's not even here he's not even all that you know like um like i just had a producer fly out from like uh central four shout out to my boy nene he got like songs with like uh j.i boogie a bunch of people and he's like yo like this is so you're like the coolest guy in the world. Like it's crazy. I be around certain people and like, like they just talk about you like you're not cool. Like or you're like a, you know, an asshole or something like mm. that. And um, yeah, I just feel like it's when people feel like they can't get near you anymore or you're not as accessible. You know, that's when people like start talking negative about you because mm. they feel like there's no connection anymore. Mm -hmm. So when I was here, like a lot of the people that talk negative about me now, they love me. They would want to be around me every day. They would blow me up, mm -hmm. want to support me, want to be at the shows and stuff. But once I kind of disconnected from a lot of things but i'm still here like i'm still a call away for a lot of people but mm -hmm. once i kind of disconnected and kind of got to a level where i elevated you know a lot of people just stopped liking me mm -hmm. you know but a lot of people love me like no 100 the majority I, I, I love me i personally have only heard um ever since i've you know done my shit in the industry out here etc behind the scenes i've only ever heard you know real nice positive things from mutual friends of mine and yours that you know and that's my, that's my, you know, obviously that's me, my mm -hmm. experience, but I've only heard positive things. But what made you even go to L.A.? What made you do that jump to, I'm moving to L.A., instead of just, let me fly out once a month, I'm moving here, living here? Honestly, my I felt like my time already here was like, it was, I did it. Like, I feel like I did it. Mm -hmm. I gave artists a platform here. Um, I tried to put on as much artists as I could. I always offered my help my advice and everything I put on for the city. I did shows. I did free shows. I went to every school to talk to kids. You know, I did a lot for the city, for the community, you know, mm -hmm. I, they banned me. They even banned me from the mall. Like I know a prominent place mall. Yeah. Like I could show it you a video. Or still, still, still I, don't even, I don't know if there was, I don't even know if there was a time limit on it. Like I, I still go in there. Like I still be at the mall, but I could show you a video. Like there's about 200 kids probably following me through the mall and wow. they had the cops come and say, I can't come here no more. You caused too they much me out. commotion. Yeah, too much commotion. So it's like, I did my, my fair share for the city, I feel like, and it's not done yet, but I feel like now it's time to take all of this the city's done for me because all of that content, all of the things I've done here, mm -hmm. it helped me know I can move anywhere in the world and do it, you know? 100%. So I feel like without just knowing, like, if you can do it in Rhode Island, the smallest state, you can go anywhere. You're going to stand out. You know, when I went to L.A., 
I'm like, I'm me. Ain't nobody here, no D Gomes. Like, I, I don't care who you are, how much money you are. I mean, how much money you got. Like, you are not me. Yeah. So everywhere I walk in in L.A., I walk in with that Rhode Island mentality. Like, yo, the underdog, you know? So, Facts. And what's, f- what's your opinion, not to cut you off, but what's your opinion then now currently of this sort of resurgence right now with Rhode Island, Providence, sort of energy? What's your opinion, you know, you live in L.A., but obviously you visit here. You are obviously still a Rhode Island artist. When it comes to the culture in Rhode Island rising currently, what is your opinion, D. Gomes's reaction to it? Oh, I love it. I feel like it's going crazy. Like, just lucky. You got you got artists inking deals. You got um, you got my boy David in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You got Quiddy in the NFL. You got out. the kid from um, Classical that just went to uh, the MLB. Oh, yeah, Jeremy Pena, JP. Shout yeah, to JP. shout out to JP. You got... Oh my God! There's so many. I I feel like I'm gonna be leaving so many people out. But you got, you got Boo Boo doing like boxing. Yeah. You have Gianni Paola. Shout out to my boy Gianni Braden from Power. That's one of my high school friends. I was with him every day in high school. He went to Lasalle with me. You got Jalil. Like I don't know if you know who Jalil is. Yeah, yeah 100%. Jalil. So, that's one of my dogs. Shout out to my boy Jalil. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get him in here. His team hasn't responded, but we'll I see. I got you. I hit him. Day. I hit him for you. I, I Facetime. <laughs> what happened? That's my dog. Me and Jalil went to high school together too. That's, that's my up. boy. Um, there's so many people. Like I can I can name a million people right facts, now. Facts. Um, but yeah, everything's going up at once. You know, everything's yeah. going up, and uh, I feel like the key thing is just aligning everything together and saying, you know what? Like it's important for me to come up here and say, I know Jaleel, I know Gianni from Power, I know David, I know this it's Quiddy, I know this person. It's mm-hmm. a, that's important because then we can bring our worlds together. Facts. And people can know, like, oh snap! It's not just like, for example, when Ricky D went. When Rick, you, shout out to Ricky Lito, my boy. Ricky Lito, yep. When he went, there wasn't a lot of that happening around. Mm. So it was just him. So now everyone's like, oh, you're from Rhode Island? Oh, yeah, ain't that kid Ricky Lito from there? But there's only one. Yeah. But now it's like, nah, you want to talk baseball? We can talk. We got we got someone in the MLB. You want to talk basketball? Oh, you know who David Duke is? You want to talk football? You know who Quiddy is? Yeah. You know? Thanks. And, uh... Kenny too. Kenny yeah, playing Kenny, for the boy. Jets. Yep. Boy, Kenny. Shout out to Kenny. Shout out to Kenny. Shout out to Kenny. Too. That's my boy. Yep. Shout out to Kenny, man. And you got all these people doing these things at one time. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, look what Henny's doing right now. Henny's Hennessy. touring everywhere. About to go on tour with Shippy. Uh the kid Leroy. You know, straight mm-hmm. from here. Like shout out to Lily Rain. Shout out to Rain. Look what Rain's doing. Mm-hmm. Rain's one of the first female artists from New England doing what she's like, she's killing it. Like, yeah. you know? It's just crazy. Like all of these people, we're all doing this at the same time. That's true. What's your one favorite thing? In Rhode Island or from Rhode Island that you will always take away, you know, even when you're in L.A., like that one thing that Rhode Island has is like, yo, that's 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 Rhode Island right there. Chip on the shoulder. Like, I just feel like everyone I meet from Rhode Island, like everyone I know from Rhode Island, it's just like we walk around with a chip on our shoulder. Like, yeah, we just got that. Like, we got that energy where it's like it's eat or be eat. It's, it's, it's eat or be eaten. So, Island, yeah, yeah, yeah I just energy. feel like. Yeah, it's just different, bro. Every everyone we walk into, we just look different, f- feel different. The energy is just different. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mm. I agree. It's true. It's like that underdog, sort of like that, that hungry, you know, hungriness because we are the smallest state. So people are always gonna, you know, almost like that Napoleon complex when like you're you're so short and everyone's so tall. You know, it's like that same type of thing yeah. with, with the smallest state. Mm-hmm. We got more to prove. We got more hot, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because we're literally the smallest state. Now, when it comes to the state of Rhode Island, you being a rapper of Rhode Island, do you have a top five? Maybe my top five female artists. Okay. You got Rain, Henny, my artist for Sandra, one of the best R&B singers, you know. Um, you have, who else is doing it? Um, oh, Storm. 
Mm. Storm Ford. Probably the best songwriter. Yeah, so she's on yeah, um, yeah. um she's on a, a recent project. Someone's major project recently. Yeah, she's on uh Boogies. Boogies, yeah, on Boogies, Westside Boogies. Yep, yeah, and you have uh that's four. Let me think about one more female artist that's really going crazy right now. Um that's my four right there. Rasandra, yeah, Rain, Henny, Storm. Okay. That's my four females right there. Well, how about top five rappers all time, mainstream, living or dead, like to ever rap, ever? What's your top five when it comes to D. Gomes? Top five. Biggie? Um, some more artists or rappers? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> artists or rappers? That's two different questions. Because no, nah, we go artists and you, you got to just throw Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, you know what I'm saying? number one, my favorite. Michael Jackson, but let's just do rappers, just straight rap. Top five all rappers. Right. Like all time. So I'll be considering Drake a rapper right now? Yeah. All yeah, right. 100%. So Biggie, Drake, mm-hmm. um, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Okay. Um, good list. Good list. I got to throw one of the sauce rappers in there. One of my saucy rappers. Uh, damn, it's tough. Top five. A lot of people I listen to a lot of music, man, if you'd ask me this question. <laughs> I listen to a lot of music. Um, from the new school. I'm going to add, just because I like him a lot, mm. I'm going to add Uzi. Mm. Okay, yep. I'm going to add Uzi in my top five. I love little Uzi too. Um, and that fourth man, I'm going to have to go with Thug, just for what that Thug gave Young us. Thug. Yep, and I'm sure my this would not be my list tomorrow, but I'm just going to give you yeah, this yeah. list now. That's your current top five. That's my current top time. five list. So, when it comes to Rhode Island... And rap, people always wonder, what's the Rhode Island rapper list? You are one of the people always thrown into that list, whether it's top five, top ten, top twenty Rhode Island rappers of all time. What is D. Gomes' top five Rhode Island rappers list, if you have one? All right, without being biased, I'm not going to uh, add Jay Lynx or Zazzle Baby on that list. Shout out to them. Because um, I, like yeah, I feel like at the end of the day, like when things is all said and done, they're going to be on the top. So I won't even, I won't even include them because it's really early. But uh, off impact alone and music... Versatility, myself, OSF, Cam Bells. You got to add Flawless R.I. in there for all he done for the city. And then with that last spot, I feel like just for the era they had, like around like 2016 to 2018, 19, that last spot got to be Vic or Key. It's like a tie for them. Yeah, the last yeah. spot got to go to one of them. Just like, you know. So that's, that's what I would say. Like, they was the first ones really, before I was even a rapper, like, they was really... Moving like numbers, like millions of views and stuff like that. So that would be my five. But outside of that five, like there was a lot of people, like, like you know, in that era, like you had JC, you had uh, you had Oreo, you had yeah, the pushers, you know, pushers and yeah, yeah, you had pushers and peddlers. Yup, you had yep, Jose. Yup, he was doing his thing. You had um, my boy Monty, of course. Monty's one of my favorite rappers out here. Mm-hmm. He just didn't put out enough music, I feel like. But Monty was, he's one of my favorite. Yeah, out here, um. Yeah, there's there's a few like I can go. The list goes on forever. Goes on forever. You feel me? But yeah, like right now, like I'm listening to Olu, like Olu currently, um, currently Current Rhode Island. Uh, yeah, she listening to right now. Like my cousin. Oh yeah, damn. My cousin J. Lou, yeah too. Mm. He's right there. Like he's he's honestly been rapping for, for mostly everyone out here. Like my cousin J. Lou should be on that top list. You know he been doing this thing forever. I just be you know family. I be forgetting, but yeah. yeah, yeah. He been doing this thing for a minute. He's grinding. You feel me? And he's really just kind of 
hone into his sound now. I like that. I like that list. You know, yeah. if you guys have your own list, share it. You know, I, I, I'm not, that list is not too far fresh from mine if I were to sit down and make one. I, I like that list. I think it's a great list when it comes to, you know, the Rhode Island rappers, you know, mm-hmm. all the time. And yeah, man, that moment, you guys, you know, especially early on with the Vic Mucka, Key Money, OSF, and like your earlier, crazy earlier stuff with like OSF, very nostalgic to that Chicago drill. Even now, we got it with the, again, with the, happening with the Bronx drill, New York drill, but that Rhode Island, you know, I don't even know if we can call it Rhode Island drill. Was it really like a drill, Rhode Island drill type of sound? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right? Kind of. But it was Rhode like, Island I guess drill. it was like. It was uh, label to it. Yeah, it was like kind of like. An, Rhode Island rap. But yeah, like related to like the Chicago scene, like just the, the context of the music and stuff like yeah. that. You know, it's really raw. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. For sure. What are some of the Rhode Island rappers you're currently listening to? Hmm. Right now, there's a few. Like, there's a few right now I'm listening to. Of course, my boy Roly, um, my cousin J. Lou, uh, Isaiah Sosa. That's one of my favorites right out here right now. Olu, Olu Vibe, he's one of my favorites. Israel Wu, so I listen to Israel too. Um, who else? Who else from Rhode Island right now that I'm listening to? Hmm. Am I forgetting anybody? Right now, that's that's that we be listening to. Those are five artists that I'm really listening to. That's a good, that's a good five. Especially with oh, my boy Doso, too. Doso's hard. Um, Money Man. I already said Money Man, but my bro Money Man. Uh, yeah, new, like, newer artists out right now. Like, That's who I'm listening to. I'm trying like to that. think. That's not bad. Yeah, that's... that's I'm pretty bad. sure it's more. Like, So if I ain't say your name, don't get offended, because I listen to a lot of artists. But... um. Those are some artists that I'm listening to right now. Yeah, and his opinion might change tomorrow. This is just off the cuff. Off the you cuff. Know, people are very sensitive. Yeah, so give me give me a Relax. break, man. Calm give me a break. Down, exactly. Don't get <laughs> too sensitive on me, man. Calm Don't cancel down, me, guys. man. Don't cancel me. You know, and when it comes to, you know, wrapping up now, you dropped Undrafted last year. You know, yep. it's got to be a year, right? Was it September of last year? What year? What month? Yeah, was it August or September, Leo? It was September, I, think I believe. It was September. I think, I think it was September. I think we're nearing up the one year yeah, one anniversary year. of that. Undrafted. How did that feel releasing that? And now, what is coming next? You know, a year later, it's been a year since you, you know, have dropped music. It might be longer if you plan on dropping, let's say, next year. What's the yeah. plans? Yeah. So honestly, the plans with me is like within this last year, I I didn't had a lot going on. Um, so I kind of wanted to take a step back from making music and just kind of hone in on the executive side of things. But I'm still creating. Like I'm, I just got into producing beats. Shout out to my brother Pluto. Um, he's on APF too, one of the biggest producers in the world. Um, oh, Pluto Brazy? Pluto Brazy, yep. Right? And he's right here from Rhode Island. People don't even know that. Oh, I didn't even know he was really He's really right here from here. Rhode Island, yep. And uh, he did Barbarian for Dirk. He did Richard for Rod Wave. He did Inside Out for Tusi. He got records with King Von, Lil TJ, everyone. Wow. Um, yeah, so, yeah, he, he taught me how to make beats. So, I've been making beats and stuff like that. Um, helping on the creative side with Lynx and Zazu, Rasandra, Henny, everybody. Um, so yeah, but nah, um, as far as me, uh, I feel like there'll be some new music coming soon. I can't put a date on it, but you know, I'm always creating. Yeah. I'm always creating. Um, so yeah. Do you have, um, anything aside from music plan when it comes to yourself? Are you looking to release any sort of other type of content, get into anything? You are in LA. Are you looking into maybe doing 
an acting type of role ever or anything of that nature? Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely looking into acting. Like, yeah, you can know. go to the restroom. You were good. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely, definitely uh, plan on getting into acting. That's something I've been wanting to do for a while. Yeah. You know, I want. I really want to do everything. I don't want to limit myself. Yeah. You know, I really want to get into acting, though, especially with me being in L.A. Yeah. I already auditioned for um, a Netflix Whoa. series. Oh, Netflix yeah. <laughs> I forgot what the, the show was, but Lisa, uh, Lisa's, what was it? Lisa uh, Zambetti. She did like Lord of the Rings and a few other things. Okay. She was the okay. casting director. Okay. And um, yeah, I auditioned for her. Wow. So, like, did you I was back my... yet, or was that a while ago? Yeah, I, yeah, I heard back. I didn't get it. Okay. But she said my instincts was great. You know. You put yourself out there. Yeah, put myself all that out there. You're auditioning too. Exactly. A lot of people kind of wait around. I don't know why they think that shit is just gonna fall in fall their lap. Fall in their lap. Yep. But that's especially when you start to try to do a different lane. It's like you gotta start from the ground up. You know, even major, major actors still audition for roles, especially when it's like a, a role everybody wants, you know, they still audition. So that's dope that you're putting yourself out there and yeah. actually auditioning and shit. So you plan on maybe doing that more a bit, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely, bro. Definitely. I'm trying to do everything. Yeah. I wanna do everything. I'm not gonna limit myself. And where do you see yourself, D Gomes, ten years from now? Ten years from now? I'm trying to be like Jay Z. Yeah. Dame Dash, I'm trying to I'm trying to really make APF. It already is. It already is the biggest label out of Rhode Island and we had the most success here so far. But we're still on the ground. Like we're still on the ground trying to build up. But I really want to build APF up to the one of the biggest labels in the world. Mm-hmm. You know? Um and yeah, I just want to help change people's lives. Like I just want to be a part of people's journeys. Yeah. That's the that's the biggest thing for me. To be able to say like I was a part of this person's journey. Facts. You know? Yeah. I don't. I don't care about credit. I don't need credit for anything. I'm, I just really enjoy the ride on being on people's journey and helping them go from here to here. Mm-hmm. So in ten years, I just see my company flourishing. Um, a lot more new music. I want to learn how to play every instrument. Mm. Um, that's one of my goals right now. And what yeah, do you know so far. Do you know any so far? Or? I'm just learning how to play the piano. Like I just started nice. learning how to play the piano. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, I'm a little behind, but. <laughs> You know, that's my goal right yeah. there. You know, ten years. Hopefully, I'm married. You know. Oh really? Hopefully, I'm married in ten years. Have a kid, kids. You know. So you see yourself as a, a family man. You eventually yeah. want to have a family. Yeah. You're not one of these people who are like you know I'm, I've never seen myself like nah being locked down. Nah, yeah. No, nah, I would love it, bro. Like yeah. that's the goal for me. Like I want to be able to have a family, and you know, instill the right things into my kids. You know. Yeah. And I learned a lot. Like, I'm a sponge, so I learn. I be learning every day. So I just know when I have kids, like, I'm going to be putting them on with so much game. They're going to be so much more advanced than the average kid. Yeah. Because all I do is go seek knowledge all day. I yeah. just seek knowledge. You feel me? I'm a sponge. That's true. That's very true. You know? And do you have one last message to the, you know, thousands of people listening right now and watching, especially, you know, Rhode Island. Appreciate Rhode Island always tapping in and listening to the CA podcast. Cap, what is your message to them being one of the most prominent you know, figures out of here in the history of Rhode Island? Um, my message to everyone watching, if you're from Rhode Island, man, embrace where you're from. Like, we are special. Um, take it everywhere you go with you. Like, everywhere I go, I take Rhode Island with me. You feel me? And show love. Like, show love to everyone you could here because we're so unique. And um, you never know where that relationship could take you. You feel me? So really take advantage of networking with the people around you. You feel me? And just being genuine. That's really the best advice I can give you. And... I, there's too much things I can give y'all in this interview. It's going to be too much. So yeah. <laughs> you can always reach out to me. You know, I try to respond to everyone I could as possible. Or nice. if I can't respond, like I have a whole team. I got Dex, CJ, Lido, you know, like those guys, they, 
they're on their phones all day responding to, you know, supporters and stuff like that, giving out advice and stuff like that. So if you're from here, chase your dream. Like, don't put no limits on your dreams, you feel me? And there's a lot of people that right now from Rhode Island that is taking that next step, that next leap where you can learn from, you feel me? So if you want to be a ball player, you know, Davis doing clinics here all the time. If you want to be a football player, a lot of Quiddy's friends is right here, and they can get you in touch with them, you know, and he can give you some some points, you know. If you want to be a boxer, we got a bunch of boxers from here, you feel me? There's so much things that's happening in Rhode Island. There's no excuse anymore for kids from here to feel like they can't do something. So Thanks. my advice would be go seek the knowledge and do what you want to do, you feel me? You could do it. Shout out to everyone showing love to APF, everyone that's on the team. I can't shout out everyone because we get mad support. But just Maddie, go DJ. Those are my that's family right there that helped me get this thing moving. DJ Diamond, of course. All the DJs that ever played my song out here or any of my artists' songs. I just wanna let you know we appreciate you all, you feel me? And if I ain't say your name on this, don't get offended. I got love for you. But I'll be I'll be up here naming people all day, so you feel me? This night's gonna be the last time he'll, he'll come Exactly. Back. He'll I'll come be back. back you feel me? He'll be back again. Shout out to my brother J D, man. Our engineer team, engineer and producer. Working a lot of the magic. My boy. And there we have it, you know. Appreciate everybody tapping in. Legendary, you know. Legendary, you know. Legendary <laughs> interview, legendary um conversation here with D Gomes himself. You know, I appreciate you sharing your time with us. Appreciate you, you bro. Know, for sure, for sure. And um, you know, even you know, taking time at all to discuss your life and your journey and people can now, you know, let this live online and you can revisit this for the rest of your life as you know, a piece of history, the D Gomes, you know, interview with the cap, the CA podcast. So I appreciate you, man. I know you, Thank you bro. and you got to, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll pretend he flew out here just for us. Let's say that facts. <laughs> he flew out just for the podcast. Yeah. Facts. You That's a fact. Saying? He's going home right, right away tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they going to let me for my ambition.